Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And we are back with another massive show this week. Only two weeks remaining before the final series box head. And I guess it's pretty safe to say that we now have nine teams in finals contention with Canberra all but needing a miracle as far as results to find their way into the top eight now. Yeah, they're going to need a miracle. So. No doubt about it. Uh, what a, Well, what a game. What a game yesterday. Yeah. I... Probably a game they should have won, Canberra, I, I would think. Uh, but we'll get into it in more detail when we review it. But... Yeah, well, you, uh, they, think... the issue that got them to that point of desperation in the season was the reason why they lost that game yesterday. So yeah, hundred uh, percent. We'll kick things off with our set of six, as we always do, six issues or six things that we just want to talk about or make a point on uh, before we get into the show. The first one is the Rad Rara call on Friday, uh, and obviously Grant Atkins, the referee, and that one. I understand that we've got the bunker and the first decision on the field, they give a judgment call. So I'm not blaming him for this one, but I, I thought there was a few calls he should have made on the field. But uh, this one, I'm not blaming him. But this is why our fans and all the people that listen to this show and everyone out there complains about the referees every week. And we said you have to support them. You can't blame them for everything. But when it gets to the bunker, and this is the big issue, and it was Luke Patton was up there, cannot see that Rad Rara has clearly knocked that ball on a couple of times. That's the, the absolute blunder, the one we're talking about that can't be missed. And it was on Friday, so you can understand why people get frustrated. It was on, yeah, I, unbelievable. Thursday night, um, and I, there's no excuse for it. No, zero. Uh, I, unless they're watching it on 34-centimetre pixelated TV, Yeah, there's and no absolutely no excuse to miss that. Uh, it's laughable. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And, this and look, is... as a Titans fan, I don't care. I don't care that it was against us. The game was over anyway. It could have been... Tigers Newcastle and it could have been forty nil. It doesn't mean you, the the call is any more right or wrong. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, it's uh, just the, the game was over. It's the absolute blunder. You'll, you'll hear no complaint out of me in terms no. of that affecting the result because it had zero effect on the result. Um, but you just watch it and go, wow. Yeah. How, how did they get that wrong? That's the blunder that we're talking about. There was say. three knock-ons at least in that play. That people have said four or five. I, look. I can. I think there was three definite knock-ons. I think there's two to three. Yeah, I could mm. argue that, but the, he definitely missed the football. But like I said, yeah. people whinging about penalty counts or calls on the run. Or I'm happy for all that when it's in the go, and you got to support the refs. We subjective, need the refs subjective is fine because they only get one yeah. look at it. But, but when, when it's sent watching to the bunker, and like five I said, or six, seven, eight times, Luke Patton, you I get it wrong. I don't right. know what he saw or how he missed that one, but when it goes to the bunker. Um, that one, I don't know how you mess it up. And that's the one that all the fans out there, like, I don't blame you for being frustrated in those ones. because cocked it, yeah. I'm a complete neutral in that game. And again, if it was a Melbourne game, I still would have been absolutely flabbergasted how you didn't call a knock on there. So yeah. that's the one we're talking about and heading into the final series. You can't have that happening from the bunker. 
That's what we got it there for. You can't have clunkers. So, uh, in speaking about the refs, though, and like we said the other way, you've got to respect them. You've got to pay respect junior level, senior level, all levels. The disgusting act in tackle two we see here was the grub at the Canberra game yesterday that spat at the officials as they were coming off at half time. Uh, again, whether you agree or not with some of the penalties or things that are happening on the field, in no way, shape, or form is it right in any way to think you can stick your head over the fence and you've spat on somebody. That's about as low as you can go. Yeah. It's disgusting. We had a chat off air about it. Uh, I said 10-year ban. You said life ban. Uh, no. If you, one's, one's as good as the other for me. 10 years. Yeah. I, Stuff at junior footy. Like, again, like I said, the, the behaviour you see at junior footy and going to top level. But at an NRL game, um, yeah, just to even get... I don't even know if he, his seats were right near there. I used to obviously be down at Canberra and that. And that's a spot where generally... Uh, family member. and members and there's obviously some disabled yeah. seating on that sidewall near there as well so if I don't know if you were seated in that middle part or not but to I make the effort to get there and hang your head over the rail yeah. and like go after the rail like it's spit in someone's face and he loaded that bad boy up too yeah um, that was just disgraceful so I'm Terrible. with you yeah. well 10 year ban life ban if I'm whatever. Canberra again, I don't want him at any of my games maybe he might be able to go to some other, other games or he might get a 10 year ban or whatever you're saying but if I'm the Raiders he's never coming back into a GIO or Bruce Stadium whatever you call it again yeah. that's the kind of people you don't want supporting your club um, hopefully he earns uh, wherever he is he earns a learns a harsh lesson out of that because that was uh, a real we really sour. feel like a goose, well, uh, and rightfully before. so. We need referees in the game, whether you agree or not, like I said, and even at the junior level, participation rates and referees, uh, the turnover every year is massive because of the shit they have to deal with, and it's not an easy job. No, it's and not. Like we said on Friday, we can call the stuff on the run when they make a decision, but it's when it gets to the bunker. Like, fair enough, you're going to get angry when technology fails, but uh, the calls on the run, you just have to live with them sometimes. That's that's rugby league. That's life. But, yeah. I agree. Oh, all right, number three in uh, our set of six here is the salary cap. I thought once they said that the clubs and all that uh, in the NRL come to a figure of 9.4, that they'd be pretty happy with that. Um, from talking to a few blokes that are obviously players and being part of these meetings, you, you thought that figure was about right or close to what they were thinking about, but they've rejected again the Players Association. And uh, the main reasons for it, it's not so much the money, it's more the underlying details. So they're talking about education, the revenue share thing, and uh, you know just some other bits and pieces there, the finer details. So the money seems to be sorted, but uh, there's a few conditions that they want uh, sorted out first before they agree. Yeah, they need to be careful what they wish for here. Uh, I, th- I think the clubs are pretty happy because uh, from what I can gather, they've been guaranteed $13 million. So I think I think the clubs are happy, but the RLPA obviously isn't with some minor details of it. But I, I look, I think the money, as you said, is pretty good. Yeah, it's well, up on originally what they they were going to offer around the nine mil. They sort of met somewhere in the middle. Well, I also heard that it was nine point four to nine point six. You're allowed to spend up to nine point six. They were saying because some clubs didn't want to spend that much, so there'll be that little bit of a leeway there to spend from 9.4 to 9.6. We're talking from the starting figures like ridiculous. The players were talking up near 10 mil. The NRL was coming back somewhere 8.688. So to get to about 9.4, 9.6, they're basically met in the middle. Yeah. And it's almost a 50% pay rise off you know a couple of years back or whatever the figure was at. Um, and the big thing is the minimum wage, which I've complained about before, is the main one that needs to be brought up. Um, you know, it's it sits around eighty k now. I don't know if people can say eighty oh, k is plenty for a normal job, but you've got to take this into account. If you're a young bloke who's at Penrith or a fringe first grader on eighty thousand dollars, and you've already got two kids, if you have to club hop every single year, 
there's no help as far as rent and these other bits and pieces go when you're in top 25. It's not like under 20s where they get some dispensation to help kids out. Mm. So if you're a fully grown adult with a family and you have $80,000 and you've got to uproot from, say, Penrith and go to the Gold Coast, you have to pay rent on the Gold Coast. And after you pay rent, you've obviously got to you know feed your family and pay your bills and et cetera. So $80,000 doesn't go a long way if you're constantly hopping around, relocating, moving furniture, doing all that year to year. Mm-hmm. So that minimum wage, I have no problem bumping up to one hundred twenty to one hundred thirty thousand. Hundred percent. And the bigger thing about this, and I've talked about before, everybody out there keeps talking about expansion, and I'm not going to go on a massive tangent here, but with the minimum wage being so low, that is the reason we keep losing the player depth, and the reason we can't expand. We don't have enough players right now to have sixteen decent teams, and your players. No. Like your Jacob Millers and your Sam Williams, all these kind of guys that have gone overseas, Josh Drinkwater, in the last couple of years that are only 23, 24, 25, that were all former Australian schoolboy halfbacks. The reason they're playing in the Super League is because they couldn't cut making a living here on second-tier deals where you only get $30,000, $40,000 and you still have to work and train full-time. It's not good enough. No, it's um, not. If you want a decent competition and you want expansion, you need a better bottom level, and that's half the problem because all these uh, players that are getting paid well say so they're trying to take care of them. But that's a crock of bullshit. We all know... Well, it's also not... The money in, in England, you're going to get paid more here than what you will in England. The the cap in England's bottomed out. I know so, it's bottomed out, but a lot of guys can get exemptions because they've got European passports. I understand passports that, and but it's like not that, it's so. not what it used to be to go over there and as nah. a pension fund. So you're almost better off staying here. Is my point. Um, oh, well, for a few of those guys, they were offered more. That's why I'm saying you know halves and a couple of those better rated players. But the reason people go, why don't they stick it out? Well. If the money's not here and the opportunities are not there at clubs, they're going to bail out early because they're trying to make a living out of football. Yeah. And even if it's $50,000 difference, that's a lot for somebody who's you know got a family or a couple of kids and having to move around and pay rent and can't really settle somewhere. So, yeah, um, yeah. My, my big thing out of this, I'm happy with the figure, but like you said, with the revenue share model, the players, they better you know watch what you wish for. If they're going to do this, they need to do more in the media, they do more at schools, all these kind of things that we talk about. Because right now, let's just be plain and honest... Well, they do a pretty ordinary job, yeah, even from, Origin this year. From a revenue-sharing perspective, that'll give them that incentive because from that perspective, the the NRL has to say to the players, that's fine, you can have your revenue share, but just be known that if, if the revenue goes down, so does your wages. We don't need cliches and the same old things no. and dodging bullets. Well, even today, like we've just... Yeah. We we're going to go on Neil Henry, but we've just watched a press conference. Well, I've just watched a press conference from the Titan CEO where he just lied... They do like blatantly lied, and they, you just there is zero transparency left in the game. They openly lie. There's been leaks all week that this is this is was going to happen. There's been leaks about why it happened, and he fronts a camera, stares down the barrel, and just lies to the fans. And we've just got to cop it. You're yeah. a paying member, like plenty of other people would be paying, paying members member. of other clubs. And look, I don't complain. I've supported the club since their inception. And never really had a massive gripe with coaching and gone through a lot of shit. Like, that club hasn't been well run for pretty much the entirety of its existence. There might have been a two or three year period. The early there. stage, that was about it. Yeah, where it was okay. And then yeah. we obviously had the big fiasco with the Centre of Excellence. And then you went through the Cartwright sacking, Wooden Spoon. And then you get Henry in and have a year and a half of stability. And now all this shit hits the fan. So, yeah, it's. And to pay your cash, and there's plenty of people out there who pay, and you know whether you're a Melbourne member, obviously you'd be, you'd be pretty happy. But there's going to be some dark times ahead well, for those clubs as well. But, yeah, but for me, I can cop having I can cop having a uh, hard time. But look at the way that Melbourne managed that hard time. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. that's the difference for me. So it's just I, I thought Graham Annesley would, would have been one of the best signings for us off the field, but. 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to say he's uh, he's been a failure, but I'm disappointed with what he's delivered so far, and I'm disappointed in the level of transparency today. Like, I'm no idiot. I, I know people in rugby league. I've had texts and emails and because people know I'm a Titans fan. We've had people on, from the podcast that email or text in or message on Facebook. You hear rumours. Everyone hears the rumours. You know, we're probably a little bit more privy to them because we've got a wider network of people that we can tap well, into, you know, obviously. Players, coach, other bits. Yeah, a little, little, little bit of yeah. that. But it still doesn't mean that we're any more informed than your layman out there. Well, that's half they the thing they can all leaks. read between the lines. Yeah. You know, we're not idiots. I'm a little bit sick of, well, anyone that speaks to the media, like you're saying, treating treating the fans like idiots. Well, it's, let's go back to the Fafita thing with the Josh McGuire. I was, I'm going to seek vengeance. It's like, well, what did he say? Oh, I don't want to talk we'll about We'll even talk that. about the, the Clemmer and Fafita issue in Origin with yeah. Daly. Like, well, we still haven't got to the bottom of that. Laurie Daly, swept under the, the, the other night, like we said, he's probably a great bloke, but his thing, even no on 360, idea. no one gives anything to the fans. Um, you've got these shows and you've got the Triple M. So everything I listen to, just about any time they say they're doing a player interview, I almost cringe. Well, I just turn it off. I won't listen to it. I love the discussion like we do, and that's why I think people enjoy this show, because we are because blunt we're and honest, honest. And yeah. we wouldn't do it if we weren't going to be blunt and honest. And, uh, you there's know, no agenda. There's no people that take offence when you say something to their club. It's not said with a bias towards any club. It's just straight up and down. It is how it is. If a club's going well, they deserve to be praised. If a club's going bad, we're just, you know, you're going to give them the old... Left, right, good night. It's as simple as that. Kick up the arse, um, yeah. But there's no punches pulled. But the big thing here, like you said, for the salary cap, if they want a revenue share model, the players, no more of these bullshit, ah, oh, one more week at a time. I thought we had a really good week at training. Yeah, I just don't know what it is, rah, rah, rah. Like, that's why we like the NFL. And a lot of people out there probably don't watch as much American sport. Um, but the NFL, the NBA, all those leagues, there's definitely transparency. If something's going on... I've got to be honest, issue, as a Titans fan, I, I can't wait for this season to end. Uh, from a can't blame you. From a club point of view, like look, I'll, I'll enjoy the finals, but I have not enjoyed this season at all, um, no. and I and I will take a greater interest in the NFL. Um, but then again, I've support I've supported the Falcons, and they've sucked forever, and they're finally now going okay. So obviously, it, it makes me that little bit more of an incentive to follow them a little bit closer than what I probably normally would, because it's a, it's a game that's played in the other side of the world. But yeah. But again, like you say, you get transparency, you get honesty. Like they, they cock that Super Bowl up and the coach comes out two days later and just fronts a media conference and he's Bang. brutally honest. Yeah, and Matt Ryan, everyone's like, oh, I've just, they Come all copped on, on the man. chin. They all copped on the chin. Uh, well, basically, getting a little bit off the, t- if you have a tangent again, a bit simple as this, 9.4 is basically settled. It's the conditions. So mm. hopefully they get this sorted very, very soon. There was yeah. talks of a dallying boycott and all that. We don't want to see that. But, but if you're a freaking player or a coach or an administrator, problem. be honest yeah. and shoot to the fan and that you'll get more people engaged in the game. You're treating us like dickheads and everyone knows, everyone can read between the lines. Yeah. You're the one that looks like a dickhead. Yeah, simple. Well, we'll jump into tackle four and I'll put the, the Henry sacking up. Uh, a bit quicker, and I'm. I know we, we didn't agree completely last week, and again we. No, got, that's fine, and yeah. and we yeah, and we got a message from a couple of fans the same deal again. Going that one of the best reasons we listen, and it's for the exact reason we're respectful when we disagree with each other, and we both get our points across, and we listen. Why? My thing, I said it. Uh, I was more on Hayden Hayden and the board. I'm not leaving Henry completely of the blame because he really pressed that issue, like I talk about, and I've been in a team before where you've had a coach who punishes others for someone's actions to try and get a point across through your unit. But my thing about Jared is I just don't think he cares enough about the team. It's all about Jared. Mm. And I think the board is the one who holds more responsibility because they're the ones who introduced him in the first place when I thought Henry was doing a nice job rebuilding things and they had that culture and they were winning as a team, whether you don't like the communist setup or not. But 
Um, at the end, I, I'm more looking right. at it this way. They've had to fire him. I think it sets them back. I think next year's a write-off because he's there, and I just really, really hope that they don't lose Ash Taylor because of this. And they, you find out now they pulled Tyron Roberts' deal, who's playing good football, mind you, and he's Ash Taylor's best friend. So I'm looking at all these little things, and I'm just sitting here and looking at the board, which you mentioned before, and going, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit dumbfounded, but... <sighs> yeah... Yeah. For me, I think my point was highlighted this week, right, in the fact that Jared Hayne didn't turn up to the game on Thursday, right? So why why didn't Henry impose a fine on Jared Hayne for not turning well, up to the game? That's the club probably who has... No, I think that comes back to the coach. I, I don't think If you're a coach, well, okay, and if that's the case, that's then the it, is on, it is on it's the, on the board. board. But, you know, you go through all these little things, you know, you're talking about, well, he doesn't train as hard, he's not doing it, fine him. Cut fine him. Doing because if, I, if I'm the coach... I'm going to the board and saying, well, hang on, this is the player contract, this is what he's doing, he's not meeting the contract, fine him. Because and then at least that could be that could come out publicly mm. and people would say, okay, there are issues there, yeah. but they've been transparent. And, and for me, if I'm the coach, I want everyone to know that I'm kicking him up the arse. That's what I mean. But- because I don't think... And, you know, Graham Annesley comes out today and says, you know, oh, there's a range of different issues, <sighs> yada, yada, yada. Um, look... We're not, we're not going to discuss them here. There's some that we can discuss, some that we can't. Basically, any that were broached by questions. And I thought the majority of the questions were good by the journalists up yeah, there. So, so yeah, pat on the back to the journos. But, you know, Annesley got his back up because he said that, you know, this issue, this wasn't an issue until... Oh, sorry, this wasn't a player-driven issue. Okay. And one of the journos asked him, well, if it's not a player-driven issue, you've just said that this didn't come to uh, a head until Jared made those comments. How was it a player-driven issue? And he, he didn't answer the question. No, because it so is a player-driven for me, issue. I, I think Neil Henry, Neil Henry is a victim of his own mismanagement from the fact that I think he should have been kicking Hayne up the ass. Well, I think he tried. And also, yeah, but I think but finding him... If the, if the board's cut his legs that's out from under him, if, if that's the case, we don't know that I'm for going sure. Back that's to your what opinion. I said last week. I reckon they've just completely I just can't sold see, him out. I can't see... Definite evidence of that, and I'm not saying that it's. I'm not saying that your opinion's wrong. I'm just saying at the moment I'm going off the evidence that I sort of I've got. And for me, like if I'm looking back and I'm Neil Henry, he's probably thinking, "Man, I wish I would have went harder at him earlier." Well, I think he did, but that's the whole thing about the players. And you know who I want to highlight here is Nathan Peets came out and basically said he shouldn't be fired. I support him, and a few other guys did as well. But then you don't you don't then know what they're they're saying behind closed doors. That that looks good from a public perspective. He looked like angry, like real angry about it. My issue then again there is what I'm saying about the player group and bringing a player like Jared in. The way things were building, and I'm sure he has the back of Neil Henry because he's the one who took him out of power, did his contract, got him up there, and wanted him there. Yeah. I reckon there's going to be a split in the group. I reckon there's some people that probably were with Jared, and I reckon there's probably, you know, maybe 10 well, blokes or something on, again no. that probably are not a fan of Jared and not a fan of some of those other guys that have well, knifed yeah. Neil Henry. So that's why I get back to this problem again, where I think the board, as soon as they introduced him, you bring a cancer into your team when you bring someone selfish in. I think they've undercut the coach's legs, and I think it's just all hit the fan. As to what happens from here now, who they bring in, like we said, we have no idea, and I'm not really a big fan of many of the candidates because I don't think you can do a whole lot with Jared Hayne next year unless you're going to Wayne Bennett or a Craig Bellamy. Yeah, well, that And that he's not going to be there um, beyond the next 12 months, which is my other issue. They've just completely fucked the club up. Well, that was breach, uh, broached in the in the press conference as well, mm. but wouldn't really answer it whether he'd be there next year. And he's a contracted player, and he's contracted to play, so he's going to play. Well, they're, well, not like, great. they're not paying him out. So, 
If that's the case, then yeah, next year's a write-off unless Jared Hayne hits 2009 form. Next year's goal is going to be one. Yeah, even if he does, you're not paying one point two again. He's going to be thirty one. No, years I mean in year. terms of the performance of the team. I get that. You're relying simply on him because who have we signed for next year? Jair, a couple of small time players. But that's players, what I'm saying. No yeah. one that's really going to spike you up the ladder. But the big thing for next year to me now, and again, that's my worry. Uh, number one for the end of this year, they've got to lock in Ty and Roberts. Mm. Because to me, that Brisbane rumour last week, salary cap issues or not, bring it however you want, is that's Brisbane basically securing Ty Ashley Taylor going forward. If they get Ty and Roberts together next year, Ash Taylor's going to follow, I reckon. Mm. They're best mates. So uh, for the Titans, let's just see what they do moving forward from here, I guess. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's. Yeah. Give me the shits, but... <sighs> Number five uh, was an issue that a lot of people brought up. Uh, I saw it. You said you didn't see it. It was the Rhea Hargreaves. I've seen it since, yeah. I, since we spoke last night, I, yeah. I have seen it. Yeah, okay. Oh, people calling for a suspension. I thought it was just more a lazy run-through and he's turned his back. He did put his arm out. I don't think he tried to pop him in the face, like, intentionally. Well, the question probably is, for everyone, should he miss a semi-final or a grand final for that? No. So that's why the fines were brought in. End of story. It's not a, it's not a two yeah. week suspension. No. It's a one week suspension, which is why we now have a fine. Yeah. Give him a fine. When's the last time he's been suspended? Exactly, but I know from my point he's of view, he's got a bit of looseness in his game. Yeah, but from my point of view, and I said this to you, it may sound stupid or like I'm a fan or whatever. But let me tell you, if Jared was going to elbow somebody, Jared's not the kind of guy no, to half, what, half, half ask something. If he was going to, and he wasn't looking. No, he did extend the arm out, but he wasn't going with a full blooded elbow. Like I said, if if Jared was going to do something, he gets the job done. That's not an elbow. That's no. an accident. It's an accident. And that's hit him in the head. If that hit him in the chest, would we even be talking about no, it? We wouldn't be. No. And that's why when people go, oh, it's outrageous. I'm like, well, there wasn't as much of a kick no. up the other week when C knocked out Slater. Mm. And you got people whinging about a bit of an extended arm with his back turned. Like, why are you making such a big deal out of it? Yeah. Cop the fine. Oh, look, it's it's and a big I, deal in that he hit him in the head. And it I, was late. It's on a kicker. And I go back to last week. You can't say I'm biased because I said that I would have suspended Suli Asu, who plays for Melbourne. Yeah. I would have given him a, a week or two somehow, but he got fined as well. But. Yeah, but I think pretty much the innocuous one-week suspension is now dead exactly. to a fine. Be. And that's an innocuous one-week suspension. Yeah. So was Vunavalu. So play on. Yep. Yeah, but on the, on the flip side, a year ago, we would have been whinging that he's getting a week yeah, we if he's have. missing a semi-final for that. So um, yeah. you can't have it both ways. I, I don't mind him. I'm fine with it. Only having a fine. I'm fine with it. Uh, the last one I've got here, Penrith now, seven in a row, and Tyrone May. Uh, I know I keep going on this week. Well, week. How long ago did we say it? Three years ago. We've been talking about always coming thing. through that I thought he was a six. He has the value to play all those other positions, but I still like him at six. And Moylan again on the weekend, him and Cleary to me don't work. Everyone was enamoured with that around the corner pass yeah, and broken okay. play. Um, I, it still doesn't work. When Cleary's in control of the game plan and doing all the things that he does, they, I think they look absolutely outstanding. But Moylan, on an attacking point of view, I think they don't gel. I don't think he's got vision as a half. I think fullback suits him better because he's got to pick his moments. But... At the same time, I didn't like him as a fullback because he did nothing in yardage and their set starts were poor. Edwards has addressed all those problems and he has the upside that he can develop some ball playing. And Tyron May, even yesterday, we said he's played 9, 13, 6, fullback, all these things coming through the juniors. And I was dumbfounded. Rain didn't get a run over Katoa. But he comes on last 15 minutes, scores the win and try. Yeah. Um, I would have even been happy to start him before Katoa at 9. And for the next few weeks, if Peter Wallace is out, at the bare minimum to me, he's got to play more minutes in Katoa. I, I agree. I, I agree. I, um, uh, he's yeah. he's a victim to his versatility. I that's what that. it looks like but to, to me. me. No, no, no I, I don't think he should be. But to me, that's what it looks like. The Griffin sort of doesn't know where to put him. And for me, the odd man out is Moylan because May May has a better track record recently than Moylan at six. He is a six. Moylan, Moylan isn't going to play 
One, because Edwards is going so well, he's not going to force Cleary out of the halves. No, but so to me, Moylan should be the 14. We've been banging this drum, though, for years, and any Mock that's argued or brought it up before, and a few people have, Gay, he's a lock, he's, this, he's not. He's not a lock now. He's an 80-minute middle player who makes tackles. May's, a, May's a lock in the 90s. He is a six. Mm. He is a genuine six. Yeah. He's the perfect complement to a dominant number seven like a Cleary, who needs to do all the kicking, all the organising, control the game. May chimes in at the moment. He has that thing that Brad Fittler has, and I'm willing to make that comparison because these other people are willing to make these comparisons to Matt Moylan, to Darren Lockyer, which is stupid miles. Brad Fittler sometimes would be out of a game, and you'd admit this, for 60 minutes. You wouldn't yeah. say it. When he popped up, there's just a moment of class about him. Bang. May the other week against the Tigers. That cutout ball identified the short side. They had the numbers. Bang. Through that pass, they score a try there. The other day, dummy, show, go. He's on the field for a couple of minutes. Scores a match win and try. The Tigers game again the other way. Oh, it wasn't the Tigers game. Sorry, that pass happened in. I can't remember which game it was. But out of the few games he's been in, the Tigers one, he came on late there, runs twice. The second time he runs, couple of steps, beats three players, offloads for Cleary, they win the game again. Those moments. He makes moments. And I said that all the way through 20s when people... Uh, you hear murmurs, people question his effort in training in sports science. That's all bullshit when you've got a good, genuine football player. And that's half my problem all the time now. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. If you want a fucking team of athletes, you go find six foot two, hundred and five kilo robots and do what Daz Hesler has been doing at the Bulldogs the last couple of years. Because it doesn't you work. put robot football in and see what happens. And even they played half decent the weekend because they loosened the shackles a little bit and put people back where they belong and played yep. some football. Yep. This guy is a genuine football player, the ultimate football player. Nine, 13, fullback. And when you when you got a guy like that coming through the grades and he looks better than most guys in their main position, regardless of where you play him, and then he comes in the cup and he's just cruising this year, scoring tries, and they benched him somehow, and it's taken all these injuries to get him in the first grade, and all of a sudden people go, oh, this guy's a good footballer. Yeah. Give yourself a triple Penrith. Ding, ding, Figure ding. Figure it out. Yep. And I love being but the they can't. They can't... Uh... Salary cap... Restraint now because you've got him, and then you even look well, at the Cartwright well, thing. Like they said, can't justify playing him because they're paying Moylan so exactly. much. Exactly, but Cartwright's the same with Harry Weir and Ira. They've got him on the bench and they're forcing him to play as a middle because you've got to justify yeah. the money they're paying him. How many uh, tackles did Moylan miss yesterday? Eight. And Cleary, and that's that's a stat you can't make up. Cleary had more traffic. He missed two, and in his debut against Melbourne a couple of years ago, they absolutely fucking hammered him. Guess how many tackles he missed? One, and he made forty-one tackles or thirty-eight, something like that. Yeah, it's. It's two sides of the ball, though. I said it. Front line, I, look, you can't put look, him there because the, my you can't favorite defend. player at Penrith, the, my favorite player I've ever coached at Penrith in ten years is Tyrone May. So I'm not going to. It sounds biased from my. Point I don't of drive agendas because I don't even like Penrith. I'm, yeah, but I, I think. But I'm just watching. He's the best. Well, apart from Nathan, but Nathan and Tyrone are totally different players. Exactly. But they're so good together the because you get six and seven. you get that really good value out of the little things that Nathan does. You know, he does your your, your Cooper Cronk. Type game, and then you've got May, who's very similar to a monster, who's flair and got that. You need those two to complement each other, and they're at different ends of the spectrum. But you need one of each but in got, order to be he's most got effective. Those moments, Moylan to me forces himself, and he did again yesterday. He forced that pass. He turns his head the week before that against the Cowboys and just rails a four man cutout ball out of nothing. And he yeah. missed a few of those simple things that a decent half would see. Hmm. At fullback, it's easy to try me. I'm not saying it's easy to play fullback. The role's hard if you do all those hard yakka cover the meters. Kick coverage, organise a defensive line. I don't think he did much of those things probably as good as what they get out of Edwards or the elite fullbacks. But his ball playing from fullbacks easy because generally an inside man's creating numbers and space for him yeah. to pick the final pass. When he's been in the front line, take that early Canberra game out where everyone said he won it for him in the middle of the year. 
what I've seen no, at the of end, the game at the so end far. It was good, good ball playing, but I just don't. I don't see that every week. But he pushes. He forces himself. That's my big yeah. issue. Cleary should be the one who's the dominant half. But Moylan, it's first grade. You know, it's not touch. It's not Oztag. You can't force yourself on a game like that. Yeah. So I just think that yeah. Again, May Cleary works better. If that's not going to happen and Wallace is we'll put, out... you got to put May at nine. May's got to be playing more minutes at nine. Be. And i got nothing against Katara. I reckon he's tough as nails, but the one kick out of dummy half was poor and he does give away a poor penalty. I've, if, got, I've got plenty against Katara in that I think he's half the footballer that May is. Well, there you go, in that position again. And that's what I'm saying about May. May is that good of a footballer that he's better. And that's nothing personal against no, Katara. He's better at other people's positions. And he's like I said, he's a victim of his versatility. Yeah. May has to be a bigger factor in this run independence final scheme. That's the main point. Well, he's come on and won him how many fucking games yeah. in the last month? Exactly. So. Hello. Whew. All right. That's our six tackles, and we're plenty fired up here, and we've gone for an absolute lifetime like we did last week. But power rankings, we'll jump into them now. Uh, I've got a little bit of change at the bottom end of mine, but number one, pretty straightforward, Melbourne Storm. And the one thing I didn't even realise the other day, our away record this year is better than our home record. Yep. We're at 11-1 and one on the road. Yeah. So. Storm. Number two, uh, some argument here. I was going to bump Brisbane up, but I've left the Roosters. No, nah, Roosters. I still think uh, they can't play for 80, but it's not because of a talent thing. It's just a lack of concentration. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they push Melbourne all the way the week four. Brisbane at three. Brisbane at three. And it's more, again, on the teams they've played so far since they've made those changes. But I think they're a premiership threat. Uh, number four is still the Sharks. Yep. Same as me. Uh, the bottom four of the eight I struggle with here with Penrith or Well, the... we're going to go 10, aren't we? We're going We're going to go down Right, so let's go nine and 10. I've got the Dragons at nine. Yeah. I've got the Raiders at 10. Yeah, well, that's basically because they can't get in. Easy. Yeah, yeah well, well, Dragons have to win this week. Well, going back to five. Don't Who have you got at right. five? Five, I've got the Eels. Well, I've I got the Eels as well, but I was tempted to put Penrith in front of them. But at the same time, I've seen the Eels beat the Broncos and a couple of teams yeah. like that. I haven't seen Penrith. And no. everyone out there keeps, ah, they're hating on us, hating on us. You have beaten... I don't hate Penrith. You beat the Cowboys with basically no bench last week, and you failed the first time, like I said, after Origin, when they were missing four players. What, I'd much rather see Penrith there than the Dragons in the eight. Oh, 100%. So. And I think they probably are a better side on their day than the Eels, to be yeah. honest. But for now, from what I've seen, yeah. I'm still going to well, leave. Yeah, it's got to be the whole body of work, yeah. not just seven weeks. I'll still leave the Eels. Penrith are at six now. I've got Penrith at six, yeah. So they're, they've pushed Same. themselves up. I've got the Cowboys at seven. I've got the Cowboys at seven. My God. Uh, they're tough as nails. Oh, they've, got, they've, got, they've got no players They've left. had no bench last. They had debuted two guys on the bench on the weekend. One was a center winger. They almost beat Penrith in Penrith on a Saturday night in the freezing cold. And that's why. Right. With no players. And then they've almost beaten the Premiers up there again. Well, the other like, night. How many players they lose? They lost Ponga, Asiata, and Tamalolo went off there. And they basically had no bench Well, they left. lost Morgan here at a crucial stage well, last Saturday night. They got on the weekend. And they still tough uh, Manly's at eight. And, the and they are... They are looking wobbly. My the friend. wheels are really starting to wobble. Yeah, um, and, and this yeah. was my was my concern with them earlier in the year, but they defied my opinion then. But this is sort of what I expected to see. And look, if they make the eight, they've done a tremendous job, Manly. I, I certainly don't think they they were ever going to be a threat to win the premiership, no. which is basically where I had them. And I think it's a it's a massive achievement for whoever lands in out of the Dragons and the Seagulls, because I think we're, we're both both basically saying that I the Raiders have gone. But but the Seagulls and the Dragons, whoever whoever lands in, one of them has to land in the eight. You'd think so, 100%. Yeah, one of them has to. I think whoever lands in, it's a massive achievement for me. I said the other week the Cowboys wouldn't fall out, but now they've lost another six or seven players. If they do... Because I'm wrong on one of them. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I've got that wrong. Because I didn't have the Dragons or Manly in I my had neither of either. So, so I'm, I'm saying I've got that wrong. And, no, and whoever, whoever, whoever got in, they've under uh, they've overachieved. And the Raiders, they're the obvious one. They're at 10. They've underachieved. They're massively underachieved. And, and no yeah. one else to blame but themselves. Correct. Discipline and errors have been the issue all year. And the lack of go forward the last few weeks... 
they got that happening. But again, on the weekend, they frustrated themselves out of that game. Yeah, uh, they're too impatient and they're all disciplined, and the errors killed them in the end. Yeah, uh, I'm probably putting you on the spot a bit. We did this the other week, and I kind of fell off it last week because we got on that tangent. But player of the week on the top of your head, can you think of somebody that really impressed you this weekend? Wow, I have a player of the week, and I'll give you a moment to think. But I've also got an honourable mention, and it's mainly again for the effort. My player of the week is Brody Croft, and I've happily admitted before as a store man, I think Cooper Cronk's been poor. He has been poor. I thought he was bad last year, and I said that running into the finals. People are like, you're kidding yourself. I thought he was bad. I think his kicking game hasn't even been close to what it has been uh, circa probably two, three years ago. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing for me that shows that his football is not where it's at. So Brody Croft on the weekend comes in again. It's the first time he's actually played with Slater and Smith, pushes through the middle, scored a hat-trick, set up a nice try-off for kick, and then he railed that beautiful cutout ball and read the defense when he set Vunny up in the corner. I'm really excited for next year. I I'm, want I'm us to finish the job this year, clearly, but when you can substitute out a state of origin and Australian number seven and bring a kid in like that, sure, he's got good players around him, but he stood out on the weekend, and he stood out in every game he's played so far. Yeah. I'm I, excited about Brodie Croft. I've probably... I'd go with Hoppawato based on yesterday. I thought that was probably his best performance of the year. I'd quick to... He's been their best player, I think, quick this year, effort-wise. Quick to kick the Bulldogs. Um but uh, yeah, he was tremendous yesterday. Threw a couple of nice passes, and his running game is always his running game is always strong. Yeah, the ball it's play. his ball playing that's got to yeah, well needs improvement. But you don't know how much yeah, but that's, you don't know how much the structure inhibits his ability to ball play. So this is what we talked again yeah. about the forwards laying a platform to create something for the halves to dig in to well, get that fullback the opportunity to ball play. And generally, the other one, um, the other one is Josh Jackson. He was he works his ass off for that team every week with zero reward yeah. on either side of the ball. He's just tough. Well, I've got to give an honourable mention to it, and I'll make a statement right now. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. Michael Morgan again on the weekend got yeah. KO'd. Wade Graham shouldered him straight in the face. He went off the HA. He come back on. They had a scrappy second half at one point with no one left on the bench. What did you think of the shoulder to the face? I thought it was pretty loose. And I to, love, to me, that's, I love worse, that's worse than, than Jarrett. Yeah, that's worse than the way he Because he's launched and had the shoulder. Like it it hit him clean in the head. It wasn't much of a tackle. I don't know if he got a fine or anything. but I don't know. Yeah, at the time. I'm I was, just saying, I'm, you, like, you want a direct comparison. And I don't want to be like targeting, but the fact it was on Morgan as well a week after he barely passed HA, I was a bit like, okay, mm. that's a bit, uh, you know. And we love Wade Graham too, but yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought that was a very a loose... Spade, but... It's a very loose play, but Michael Morgan, honourable mention, come back on, led them down the field. They couldn't get the job done, but he scored the last try, set up another one, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, he's the six for the Australian side at the end of the year. From what he's done, the body of work with Thurston out, the player he's developed into, I didn't know he had that kicking game, I didn't know he could run a side like that. He's been exceptional. Yeah. Every single week. Uh, the first three weeks he struggled. I don't know if it was a confidence thing or Green just telling him, Green light, just absolutely go nuts. But Michael Morgan um, this season has gone to another level after starting the year very poor, and we questioned him playing the Anzac test. Mm. Bar his utility value, but to me right now, he's the bona fide number six. Agree. Um, I know I know Munster played there before him in that Origin game there, but uh, I think Mal Meninga's a bit different on that uh, set of circumstances and a bit of loyalty. Munster might find his way in the squad if form allows him to, but... The way Morgan's played right now, uh, if it's the big three for Melbourne and someone's getting that six jersey, it's Michael Morgan for me. Yeah. All right, move on. We'll do the, the reviews of the games from the weekend quickly before we jump into fan questions. And the first one, Eels and Titans, 38 to 8. Uh, again, it wasn't really a game that I found myself enjoying. And a big part of it was, you know, Jared Hayne doesn't turn up. I thought your mob again were were pretty flat. There was there was a bit more effort, but just in, in attack, they had 50 plus tackles inside 20 considering and. They barely scored any points. 
Oh, I had enough ball to win that game. Oh, 50 tackles inside 20, yeah. you should score plenty of points. But Had enough ball. Um, another one, we've, we highlighted before. I know they need to probably lock up Taylor and they want him to be there, but I think he's gone off the boil while this has all been happening. And, uh, you know, a couple other players, some of the forwards, just some silly errors. There was a lot lacking there. And I felt bad for Henry every time they put the camera on in the box, to be honest. And then you see Jared Hayne had time to not turn up to the game, but go out for dinner afterwards with Corey Norman and they had a video camera there and all the rest of it. So... We should have been fine for that. It's just the wrong look. Yeah. yeah. Terrible look. I feel bad for guys, like I said. I thought Roberts did a few nice things again. Nathan Peets busts his ass every week. And the debutant, he was a former Melbourne 20s player, Ben uh, Nakabuwa, if I'm pronouncing it wrong or right. Yeah. Comes on, scores a try and debut. Um, I feel good for those few blokes. But even on the Eels side of things, I thought they were, you know, they weren't great. But the oh, big right. one here, we highlight it. Norman went out after the game. I still think Norman's been off the boil since Moses got there. Um, and I'm not blaming Moses for that. I think Moses has been outstanding, but it's on, I don't know if it's a comfort thing or he feels like he doesn't have to do as much now. I know he's had a problem the last couple of weeks with a hammy or a groin and he went off again with that, but really feel like Corey Norman's playing within himself and he needs to step up if they're going to do anything in the finals. Yep, agree. They need both halves firing, but uh, why they played Bevan French with a hamstring strain after one week, I have no idea. They've set him back. They reckon he won't play to the finals now. Will Smith came on. I thought he did an absolutely outstanding job, but I guess the one thing that really sticks out after this game is what we talked about already, which was the Rad Rara knock-on try that the bunker absolutely yeah, blinded. So, yeah. I uh, also want to give a wrap again to Cameron King. I think he's been outstanding since he's got that nine jersey. And I said to a lot of people, he was the premier number nine coming through at my age group. He got a run early in that World Club Challenge. He just had some really bad injuries and fell off the radar completely. Yep. Most people wouldn't have a clue because it's taken so long for him to get healthy. But they're getting more than their money's worth out of him because I don't even know if he's on a top 25 deal. Oh, and he's put yeah. some quality football on the field right now. It's kind of changed the dynamic of their forward pack. So, yeah. um, full wraps to him. But like you said, the Titans, they're waiting for the season to end. The sooner the better. Yep. All righty. New Zealand Warriors South. This one, again, can be summed up quite quick. 36 to 18. New Zealand, I honestly thought, started with some half-decent intent after things have been questioned the last few weeks. Sheck got that quick try off the deflection. I felt they were, even though there was a quick response from South, that they completely dominated possession in the first half. But that's the disappointing thing. After having 65% of the ball, you go into half time, they conceded late points, gave away a penalty goal, and then all of a sudden it's 12 all. And immediately at half time, I thought this is going to open up in the second half. They're going to do typical Warriors here. They're going to shut down because things didn't pan out how they should have. Mm. Um, and that's exactly what happened. They got early points again. Mannering did a nice set piece to Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Those two were standouts along with Hoffman, in my opinion. And Hingano has been a lot better this second time around, but the amount of seven tackle sets they gave away, just cheap ball and Territory and possession just turned around. I thought the Burgesses were really good, and it proves again why Cook should have been playing nine early in the year. Cameron Murray, the guy's 18, 19 years old, absolutely killing it. And Fuimana, all these young guys, they're blooded since they've realised that finals isn't in their sights. They just tore them to pieces. The spacing through the ruck was absolutely astounding. That ball that Sutton tipped inside for Johnston to run away and get his second and third. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Warriors were, quite, were bad. They, they, were, they hung in for a little while there, and... Managed to get some points. But as soon as they get uh, a glut of possession against them, they leak like a sieve. Yeah, they do. They really, really do. And I'll tell you what, uh, Bulldogs fans, again, I don't want to kick your way down because you got a good win on the weekend, but I'm feeling a bit shaky about the foreign buy right now. He's had oh, a back yeah. problem on the weekend. We've spoke about that hamstring. If he's coming there with all these problems and they're all like continual problems, that's not good. No. He keeps breaking down there. He played a month of good football and then his body kicked in again. And uh, forget the off-field stuff. He's he's really struggling. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a worry when you're investing big money in somebody that can barely stay on the park or is constantly playing with niggles. So 
Uh, I'm, I'm a bit worried about that from their point of view. Seattle have been great, and they've approached this the way I think the Bulldogs should have the back end of the year. If you've got any players you're not sure about or you think you want to put in your squad, you blood them now. Yeah. I think theirs is a bit different because they've probably got a couple of really good junior kangaroo-type players because they bought uh, you know, Fuimano from Parramatta. They've got Cam Murray in their system, and obviously Campbell Graham, Graham's one of their players. But I think they've done the right thing, regenerating this squad a little bit. You've got Gagai in English next year, possibly your centres, because I think the spine looks pretty settled now. I'm starting to warm a little bit more to Johnston at the back when he's got a roll on and he's got a good nine there. This current spine of Johnston, Walker, Reynolds, especially if he stays healthy and Cook with two good strike centres, if the two twins can pull their finger out of their ass next year and lay a bit of a platform with their brother, Crichton, Murray, and even Goslowski, who's been... My brother. He's been pretty good. Uh, he was very good the other day, but he's had some injury problems. If they can get a couple of young guys on their bench with Musgrove and that, they're a bit probably short on the depth. But they're starting 13 next year. Could be really good. And they could have some seriously potent edges. I agree. All right, moving on from there. 24-12, you've got the Broncos and the Dragons. I actually thought this is a pretty good game of football. And uh, the frustrating thing for me, and keep talking about this every week, is St. George are in it, but just the polish. And this is what we highlight at the start of the year. One, six, seven, and 9 doesn't have enough to help out their good forward pack. Um, at start of the year, they weren't too bad, but that was more because the forward pack was laying the platform. They were getting a lot of things just off momentum. Teams figured it out, started to wrestle them more, slow down the middle. But the other night, it was just highlighted the same thing I basically see every single game. Jack DeBellin's playing another planet. Uh, I think Vaughn was great again, and he scored that try. And I think Tarek Sims is starting to find some apps, some great form as well. Mm. I thought the forwards did an outstanding yeah, job. and outside backs are terrible. Block to block to block to block, and just shit finished just the set. And I think Man's been better than McCrone at seven for the fact that he just runs yeah, and he big. does a simple job. But we're not for the money he's going to be getting. I know he's generated a lot of the points on the left hand side, but it's very obvious you can isolate him, and they're yeah. still not getting a whole lot out of Dufty. I know that one game was really really good. And I don't blame him completely because I said this to one of the people on Twitter the other night. If you're a smaller fullback like him coming into grade and you're getting the ball drifting on an overs because your halves aren't digging the line, mm. inside defenders are releasing. Duffy's getting the ball with two or three players outside of him and he's looking at six and he's getting manhandled. Yeah. That day he had the really good game against Manly. They were digging to the line, generating space, and he was getting the ball and able to drift and hit a hole or pick a hole. He's not going to physically do that at his weight. No. Uh, and the big one for me moving forward, obviously Ben Hunt's going there. The forward pack's great. Widop's your six. Hunt's definitely going to be a seven with McInnes, but fullback's open to me. And I'm looking at Kurt Mann right now, and I think the last time he played there, it was a failure because McGregor was trying to cram that ball playing crap down his throat. But right now, he does have the ability to ball play from the back with a good platform and a good pair of halves there. I think he's a serious contender in the offseason for somebody that I would want to probably see play fullback again. And I think young Sailor's son has also got the ability to probably have uh, some training and a bit of time there. And they've got Steve Masters, for anyone that hasn't watched their 20s, who's Esau Masters' younger brother. He's only 18 in the fullback there. He's a very physical player. He throws blokes down. Yeah. I don't know if he's ready, but I don't think this jersey's Dufty's, to be honest. No. Uh, I don't, no, I it's, well, it's certainly not a foregone conclusion. That's no, sure. I think he's been solid, uh, and the inside halves could do a lot more to create space and numbers for him. But right now I'm looking at him, especially on the physical side of things, and uh, I'm looking at man next year with Hunt there to probably have a, a real crack at that because I think he's done a good job at seven. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they just didn't have the polish. Uh, and I feel really bad for those forwards because, again, they always do a job for him. Yeah. On the Brisbane side of things, they bomb plenty of tries, though. 
Uh, I honestly thought they could have done a lot more. They they played really poor, I thought, Brisbane. I, yeah, they they showed errors. zero regard for the ball. They yeah. were pretty ill-disciplined. Um, I didn't think they kicked overly well. Shows the difference between the two sides, though. They found points when they needed them. Yeah. Um, I thought Milford's edge in particular, he had an absolute field day. He lit them up multiple times. They blew a couple of opportunities. Could have been more points. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, last week, the Dragons leaked like a sieve to you guys on their left edge, where James Roberts was. They gave James Roberts zero football whatsoever. He got no yeah. football. So, um, I think, like I said, Brisbane are more a bit like a Melbourne or something at the moment. They're just ticking the boxes to get to finals football. They're not really too concerned about what's ahead right now. They're basically locked in. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I know they're even with the Roosters right now on 15 wins apiece. So, top two is not guaranteed, but the four and against is still a lot better. They'd probably want that home final. I think they're going to get it. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that was more just doing what they needed to do on the weekend. And Maguire and a couple of these guys I thought were outstanding as they always are. So, yeah, the Dragons uh, think it's better luck next year. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, yeah, it all comes down to this weekend, doesn't it? Well, they have to win, simple have as that. To. And even if they get in, uh, no offence to the Dragons fans out there, they're not making it down in the finals, and we've said that before. Most of the teams in the bottom yeah. half, I couldn't see any of them making a real dent on that top side of things. So, uh, Newcastle-Melbourne, 44-12. to 12. This one's pretty easy to sum up. It's This highlights why Melbourne's number one and uh, Newcastle's youth in their building. And it didn't help that they lost a couple of players early. I think Yates is out for the season now, young Luke Yates. And uh, Liam hurt his knee early on. He's probably out for the rest of the season, but he toughed it out and played the rest of the game. But, yeah, against a side like Melbourne, I didn't think Melbourne were that great. And I thought they threw a lot of loose passes and uh, gave the ball away cheaply at times. But this is the first time I've even looked at a Melbourne side and just thought, we can score points. In years previous, we've been a strangling team and I've always wanted us to get early points and we've ground our way to a win. We can generate points this year. We've got a three-pronged forward pack. Watching Solomon on the weekend. Bromwich, I thought, has had an ordinary year. He's warming up. McLean even was pretty good. Finucane in the middle. Scott on one edge of the field. Like it's, there's so many spots where I used to kind of look at it and go, yeah. But they're, we're a legitimate football side this year to Melbourne Storm. Ah, yeah. They're head and shoulders. And this was playing with your food a little bit. I, I never really gave Newcastle a chance, even when um, Cooper Cronk was ruled out. Yeah, well, you get Croft, not, not much to say. Hughes, yeah. Munster, swap it whichever way you want. Jacks, different ends of the of the table, different ends uh, in terms of their life cycle yeah. as a team, etc. Players, so, depth, yeah. everything like that. All those boxes. Um, like I said, Croft came in; he was absolutely outstanding. Gave a real good account of himself. Um, on the flip side for them, you know, Fitzgibbon, he's been good the last few weeks, but I agree with Brown. I've heard a lot of people out there going, oh, they should pay him. That's the whole point about what Brown's doing. He wants to keep their players, and he wants to keep locals like Fitzgibbon, who was the 20s captain a couple of years ago. But while you run some nice lines and he's done some good things, he let two tries in on the weekend. So you're not just going to go out there and throw money at someone because he had a couple of good games the last few weeks. And that's yeah. probably what he's explaining. If he wants to stay, we want him here, but it's for the right price. And that's the way they're building the club right now. Yeah. So I agree with that. And... I think Lamb's had a positive finish the year, as had a lot of these guys, but a couple of these injuries and, like we said, the lack of depth. Regardless of what happens these last two games, they're going in with big smiles, I think, into the preseason with some troops coming down to help out. So moving on from that one, Roosters-Tigers. Uh, I think this can be summed up more what I said before. The Roosters started off the first 20 red hot and did what they can do. They played some outstanding footy. They were eating metres. They were offloads. They were just flowing. And the Tigers weren't helping themselves. They... Made some errors and they got scored on. They kicked dead twice. Yeah, not the Roosters down there. Pierce was controlling things and had a hand in the first couple of tries, but they did what they always seem to do. They just get bored, I think, and I don't know what it is. And the other thing is they have momentum while they're scoring. It also goes the other way. When they make one error, they'll make four or five in a row, or they'll yeah. give away a couple of bad penalties. And 
uh, similar kind of deal. They, they can just drift out of a game. 16 up after 20 minutes and looking so dominant. I'm not taking anything away from the Tigers. They threw the kitchen sink at them like they have everybody since they've had Ivan Cleary there and in charge and Lola here. Tedesco, Eisenhuth's been great since he's come in and got his opportunity. Going really well, yeah. Masters, I was dumbfounded and abusing anyone that would listen at the start of the year, how they re-signed him, stopped him going to all these big clubs and wouldn't play him. He's been great since he's been in. Um, they threw the kitchen sink, but the Roosters, even with all the errors and penalties in the second half, and I thought, poor set finishes. In particular, Jake Friend, he went Josh Hodgson the other night. He got real kick-happy and kept trying to put grubbers in from dummy half, left, right, and centre. They found a way to get the job done with an ugly try late, but... I uh, honestly sit there and still feel that if they can pull themselves together, they could be a genuine threat. It's just whether they can play for 80, and it must kill Trent Robertson week to week. You see that little patch of football or patches like he's talked about through the year. Even the Manly game, same thing again. They blew them away on that left-hand side, scored three quick tries, and then they just they shut off. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what it's going to take to get them there, but it needs to happen soon because they probably haven't had the ideal run into the finals as far as form and the football you want to see. To contend. No, but they're going to be top four. That's right. So, so I think that's the main thing for them right now. They have time to work out some bugs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a little bit needs to change there. But Tigers, uh, Tedesco, Brooks, um, yeah, what do you really say? Uh, the other problem thing for me, actually, looking at this one, I know Gordon was only back from his injury. He was fairly rusty, but... You'd be pretty excited if you're uh, a Roosters fan. I think they watching missed... Watching James Tedesco play. 100%, and that's more what I was going to get at. I kind of sat there and thought, man, I kind of want Watson back in there after what I saw, but it was his first game back. But the few weeks I saw of Connor Watson, I'm not too sure whether it's they're better off going into the finals with him at fullback or not. I thought his few games were outstanding, but... Yeah, they I still don't. I, he's not in that top echelon, so since Sheck's left, that's really brought them back to the field in that position, that's for sure. Yeah, I just mean for what the, the sample no, I size saying. I got. I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I thought he was. Very, I thought Gordon was great before he got injured, and the goal kicking is obviously something you can't undervalue. But the ball playing of Watson, being someone who's played in the halves and the speed, I thought he might have been a little more dangerous at the back, to be honest. So mm. um, that's something they're obviously going to have to address. I, I don't think they're going to make that change, but yeah, just something that probably tickled my my fancy out of that one. Tigers again, great effort, pushed him for the full eighty, and uh, they get the Cowboys this week and. I think they're going to be missing some troops out at Campbelltown, so this is a real chance for the Tigers to win another game of football. Yeah. 100%. It's going to be... Well, they've almost got to be favourites to win that. I think it was picking when I looked yesterday, but until the lineups get named, and we're obviously doing this on a Monday, so we don't know. Yeah. If Asiata, Pong, any of those guys are out, I don't know what players they've got left. I really don't. Mm. Uh, they're really struggling. Speaking of the Cowboys uh, and that game, what do you say? They went into it. They lost Coop before kickoff because he had that bad ankle last week. Hanton had to go to fullback. They had Anari Tuala, who's a good kid from their 20s, 18-19, in place centre wing. He had to come off the bench, for Christ's sake, just to have a player there. Shane Wright, another junior, I think it was from your mob, actually, that they brought over. He got a debut on the weekend. Um, yeah, they went in there really understaffed. When you got two debutants, especially a winger centre coming off the bench, you know you're hurting. Yeah. Uh, and then it didn't get any better. Morgan had that HIA from the shot from Wade Graham. Asiata's apparently broke his arm. So he's going to be missing some more football. Taumalolo copped a shot late on. Ponga had a bung arm. He had to go off the field. It, it was just a bad night. And even Felt was carrying a leg injury, and he's in doubt for this week. But I cannot give any more credit to this football side for the way they've handled themselves. No one has walloped them during this time. And it would have been easy just to shut down and cop an absolute shellacking in the back end of the year. But they just keep digging in. And That last 20 minutes probably summed it up for me. I thought the Sharks started off really, really well. They played aggressive, got back to simple. Scrapped errors and got to the middle of the field. Gallon, Fafita in particular, just running straight. And Braley steadied things, which they've really been missing. 
but they kind of got back to their old ways late for me, and I think that's why Flanagan blew up. They made some errors, started to do some dumb stuff again when they got a bit of a lead. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it was a much-needed win for them, but I, I couldn't be any more higher in praise for what no, the Cowboys, Cowboys did. Cowboys are tough. Sharks did what they needed to do. It's a match they should have won. Yep. They did. But hard to get any form line through a side that's struggling to put 17 out each week. I think the main positives, again, like I said, I thought Fafita had been bad for a few weeks. He found that aggression, so did a few of their forwards. Um, Maloney much better this week. Obviously, the hand must have healed up a bit better. Townsend, Braley coming back and et cetera. But, yeah, fast finish by the Cowboys, led by Morgan when he come back on from that head knock, set one up, scored one. But, yeah, low, Tamalolo. A lot, a lot of these guys deserve a lot of credit in there. If they do play finals, I, I think they're basically dead meat. Um, but I still think well, they deserve, way, yeah. I think they deserve to be there though. They do deserve to be. And I know that's a bad way to look at it, but when you look at these teams and go, ah, they're just making up the numbers, this mob are, but I'd rather watch them go down in flames fighting like they do every week than watch some like the Dragons get beat like they did against Brisbane. Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> Canberra Penrith, 26-22. Uh, this was a cracker game of football. An absolute cracker game of football. Uh, in the end, I think the big thing was Canberra's errors and discipline. I think the error count near the back end of the second half was 9-3. Penrith were very much controlled, and I thought they were better than what they usually were. Uh, Canberra can't complain. They ended up getting the better rub of the green in the second half, particularly with the penalties. After the first half, I thought Penrith got away with a few bits and pieces in the ruck, but I think probably the big critical moment when I look back at it all now is just that play before half time. I think it was 14-10 yeah. or something yeah, around yeah. that maybe, and Edwards, I thought, dropped that ball, couldn't yeah. quite see. Mansell picks Mansell it up. picks it up, makes a break, and then a couple of tackles later, Austin just has a poor miss, and he drags him over the line, and they score just before half time. Yeah, that uh, was a turning point. They did obviously retake the lead, but going into half time, I thought that was a massive blow, and they really had to give it their all to get back into it. Canberra, and inside 20, they struggled. Yeah, they did. Um, I don't know why they persist on going to Blake Austin. We've spoke about this numerous times. He's not really a great ball player. He drifted a lot of times across field like a touch player and trying to show inside and throw that dummy. He deathballed Papali a few times and clearly made some absolute cracking try-savers on him. But the one time they went right, went to Moreland, who's missed a lot of tackles, Caesar squared up, put Tapine on him. He didn't want to borrow it. He no. went straight past Tapine and scored. So um, I thought they would have had more luck getting to that side of the field, but they didn't. And I've got to give a wrap again. I, I gave him plenty of slack during the year. I think James Tarmel has found form at the right time. I thought he was oh, yeah, outstanding. He was good yesterday, yeah. Campbell Gillard was outstanding. May his impact off the bench to win him that game. Poor goal line defense by Canberra in the end, but uh, I'll give a wrap to Penrith. High completion rate, plenty of pressure put on them, defended their goal line, did everything they needed to do to make sure that they closed that game out. And Nathan Clear retiring, mate. That's, that's where I'm going. It was an epic game, yeah. Canberra with their own worst enemy errors, uh, penalties at just crucial times. They got the rub of the green with the referees. They had the home ground. They had the dry track. They had everything in their favour. Yep. Um, didn't get the job done. No, they didn't. Penrith, I thought, got a couple of 50-50s that could have gone the other way, but by no means did that cause Canberra to lose the game. They're, yeah, that's the reason why they're not going to play finals, and that's happened on multiple occasions this year, and yep. it happens often enough. You miss the eight. That's how it works, but... Penrith were great, yeah. Like I, I thought they were good luck the week before against the Cowboys. Obviously, with Morgan going off, that helped their cause. Yesterday, look, I thought it's a game they would have lost if Canberra had better discipline. So, But Penrith keep winning. That's seven in a row. You, you can't knock winning form, and uh, they're hitting form at the right time of the year, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, moving forward next year, I like Whitehead in the middle compared to out in the edge. I thought on the edge he was a bit complacent. He gets a bit pass-happy. I prefer to mm-hmm. point out there. The big one is the half situation. Um, like I said, I think Austin needs to develop and grow. I don't think he's done that. 
we need to see more of a kicking game. You need to see a bit more of the no, ball I'd playing. Be looking, I'd be looking elsewhere. And it, the yeah. running has become very predictable. Unless he's going to expand and learn a bit in the off-season, I yeah. don't know what you do. Because I think Caesar again, has been isolated because of him. Hodgson have been trying to dominate the whole time and his personality probably isn't that big. But you've seen the best of Caesar the last two months when he's got more of the football. Yeah. 40-20s, kicking game, running the football. And even that one on the weekend, he's a genuine decent seven. And we haven't seen it probably for 18 months. But the back end of this year, I think he's reminded us why they bought him. Mm. So uh, I don't know about the Austin situation. Hopefully he develops. Like I said, he's a good footballer, but he needs to add a bit more to his game. Uh, just throwing it out there, though. We spoke about this yesterday. They're talking about Todd Carney trying to come back. I highly doubt whether they would take him back or not, but imagine if Todd Carney went back to the Raiders and went full circle. No, yeah, I think they I need, highly doubt it. They need to look at another half because, I, to me, Austin's form's gone a little bit cold. So that's... Well, it's definitely not the reason they're going to miss the eight. No, There's a lot of guys there that are to blame for that. And collectively, they're all, they've the f- all got to take some responsibility. The Ford for pack has been a big letdown this year as well. Said that mm. I think Paul and Papali have really carried their weight. Yeah. Um, but I think Boydie, you got a guy that played for Australia, missed out on playing Origin. He's gone right off the boil this year. He was good the last few weeks, but his form wasn't anywhere near what you would have expected. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys, and in particular Hodgson, and I know he needs that forward pack, but he's had a pretty ordinary year. There's a lot of guys that have been pretty bad this year for Canberra. Mm-hmm. And a late inclusion that was really good for him yesterday, Dave Taylor. Dave! Dave! If Dave could have got healthier early in the year when he was finding his fitness and he had some calf and back problems, he could have really helped him off the bench. Yeah. Because he had some moments in yesterday's game where he tr- almost turned things for him a few times. So. Mm-hmm. Um, full credit to Penner if they got the job done and they're heading for finals football. The last one, Dogs Manly. What a stinker. Honestly, I'm going to give a wrap to the Dogs. And again, like we said out there, I'll give credit where credit's due. Yep. They won the game yesterday. Putting Leisha back in was the right thing to do. He got out of dummy half, had a little more freedom. People pushed with him. In by playing in the halves, I've got no problem with uh, compared to nine because I think he's a six or a fullback. And Hopawade, when there's a bit of a platform and he gets a bit of early ball, we've seen it before, which is why I like him as a centre. He's got great hands. And with a bit of opportunity, he summed things up. And probably their best player this year for me, it's sad to say, because I don't like giving wingers raps, Marcelo Montoya. Yeah, he was outstanding. Not even the tries. The yardage work. The bloke's not a big guy, and he just rips into the line. Yeah, He, He tries hard every single week. And even the other simple things we've talked about before, they crowd the Morris brothers all the time. They give them crap football. Yesterday, they just gave them early football. Yeah, and they work well and they get early football. They're really strong and, and awkward to handle, but quick. Manly, I thought were terrible. Uh, their goal line defense is deplorable. A lot of people have brought it up, but literally they don't even move off their line. Uh, Cherry Evans. Yeah, but well, I brought this up early doors this season. I mm. might have even been second round about their goal line defense, and you know it get gets masked, but it's going to come back and bite you on the ass unless you address it, and it doesn't look as though they've addressed it. Um, no, they're just going to have to. They're really going to have to rely on uh, on teams not getting ball down their end because the way they defend at the moment, as soon as they get a, a, a yardage set, they have to defend. Um, sorry, a good ball set, someone coming in, they, they concede. Hundred uh, percent. Yesterday was embarrassing. I know Cherry Evans. They said was crook during the week, and he probably shouldn't have played yesterday. But I think that was pretty pretty apparent. Um, yeah, he was if, pretty poor. If he was that bad, they should have picked Cameron Cullen out of cut and let him play with Blake Green. Yeah, if that's the case, because he was basically. He MIA. MIA. He, he missed a few tackles on the line. He let one in with Morris there late too. He made an error that led to another try. But they're a bit similar, a couple of these teams. You look you look at a Bulldogs and you feel sorry for a Clemmer or a Jackson or the Hopawade who's just tried his ass off every week to no avail. But Jake Travojevic, Tom Travojevic, I watched those two yesterday, especially Jake, just absolutely busting his hump. But, mm. um, yeah, the wheels have fallen off at the wrong time. The last few weeks, take that Tigers game last week, 18-4 up. 
they blow that game again. Some poor goal line defense and some errors and just capitulating. And then you go back to that Roosters game. It's just poles apart. Mm. You, you really don't know what to think at the moment. And the week before that, they got lit up by Melbourne. So I'm, yeah, I'm really yeah. struggling to finally get a gauge on them, but they need to stabilise and stabilise fast. This week they travelled to New Zealand. Uh, it looks like Foran's going to be out again with his back and they're not in the greatest of form, so that's a must win, and I expect them to win. But there's some questions that need to be asked. Yeah. Uh, Bulldogs, I know people out there said, oh, they didn't look like the Bulldogs. They still, still weren't great, but there were some more simple things that were better. They were pushing through the middle. I thought Talao, Fitala and a couple of these guys just did the simple things right. Quick play, the ball speed, created some opportunities there. Like I said, Leisha got the jump out a little bit. And Bayer looked better on the halves. And Hopawaito finally got some ball with some numbers to make some decisions. And the Morris has got early football. I feel a lot of those guys look better just from some really simple changes. Mm. So good win by the Bulldogs. Uh, more positive way to end the year for their fans, hopefully, after what's been quite a turbulent year. Yep. But that wraps up our reviews of the games from the weekend. We'll jump straight in now to our fan questions. And Luke Tomlins is the first one here. And he says, you might have to say something positive about the dogs this week, boys. Fast line speed, attacking and numbers look good for once. Yep, agree. Well, like I said, we give credit where credit's due. There's no agenda here. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Johnson, what's the punishment for Canberra fan who spat on the ref and was Des sick this week because that was not a Des Hasler coach side? No, well, the punishment we went through that earlier should be yeah. lifetime or 10 year ban, it needs Sorry. to be a long, long term ban. If you're Canberra, though, you never want him attending a home game again, that's for no. sure. Um, well, Des looks like he's let the shackles off. Well, he should let things off a little bit the last few weeks, it's a little too, little too late. All that, and the players are just going, Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. Uh, and there's also a few guys that did their cup game of the weekend. I think they should debut like Seas before the end of the year. Reece Martin, the back row. Renoff Tulmaga, a front row, who I can't believe still hasn't played yet, yet they've signed to 2020. Um, and who was the other one? I'm trying to think now. Might be a cap issue. Who knows? There was one other. No, they said last week they had second-tier cap. Because Josh okay. Cleland, the young half from Ipswich that's been down here for a couple of years now, he scored six tries in the last three weeks and has been playing pretty good as well. I thought with Reynolds out, why, why not now test him out and see mm. if he's worthwhile keeping around? Yeah. But, yeah. Casper, uh, will the interchange be reduced next season? If so, what are your thoughts on what number it should be? I think it should be six, and it should be reduced. I don't think it will be. I'm with six because I still think that teams can manage things through the wrestle, and they cheat through the HIA basically now anyway to make sure they get it. That's extra true. Changes, yeah. so. The interchange is basically irrelevant now. I think Melbourne. I'll, like I said, I'll happily target my own team. They took somebody on the weekend who looked like they got a, a, a leg injury. I seen the Roosters with Cordner. We'll do it every. Where Hargraves, I think. Where Hargraves had a head clash, and I think Cordner, I didn't see what happened with well, him. Well, Montoya but... yesterday gets KO'd, scores a try, and then they take him off. Yeah, let him do that first. But there was a few over the weekend that weren't those injuries. Uh, the Cowboys game, I thought Tom Lolo, he got rocked by Takatizi with a good shot to the gut or the well, ribs Morgan, or something. Like, I don't think Morgan should have played after last week. Yeah, but I mean, like abusing it for a free interchange is what I'm getting no, at. I know that. Yeah. But Takatizi whacked Tom Lolo on the guts. He went off for a HIA check. Mm. So I think you've got to bring it down to six to try and get some fatigue in there. Yeah. Because teams are still finding a way to get an advantage. Agree. Uh, Paul Wainwright, keep the long uh, podcasts coming. I am training for this ultra marathon and the podcasts keep me occupied on the long runs. Yeah. 
What's Jeez. this? A sixty-two eighty-seven or a hundred-and-two kilometre run. Oh, leave look at me, that. Leave me out of that. City to surf is fourteen. I'm going to do a half marathon later in the year at twenty-one. Well, good on that's, you, Paul. That's my limit. Good on you. Daniel, Three times me. Hundred percent. Daniel Connor's thoughts on the JWH elbow to the face. Surely that's a suspension. Well, it would be a one week, but that's the reason the fine yeah. system came in. Uh, don't agree with you there, Daniel. And that's what we we're talking about earlier. Like Brock was saying, there's some real petty ones that get a week. Do you think that deserved to miss an Origin, a semi-final, or a grand final? Yeah, I don't think so. So that's one of those ones. Gavin, are there any NRL clubs that could use Matt Parcel as a starting nine? Tigers, perhaps. Well, they've got Jacob Little. Jacob Little. I like Matt Parcel. I like Parcel as well. Suited to the, the game over there. It's faster, not yeah. as much wrestle. Uh, he's going really well at Leeds. So no, he can stay there because they're my team, the Randalls. I thought Manly dropped the ball by letting him go because they didn't really give him Agreed. a decent opportunity. He went well when he was at Manly. Yeah, but again, uh, mate, looking at the Tigers, they've got... Matt McKilrick locked up, who's more of a solid defending nine who will run, but they've got Jacob Little. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're in any panic there about getting another nine on board just for the time being. Ben, he's one for you. Does 2.9 million for Hayne, Graham, and Eastwood next year look superb value compared to Joe Greenwood and Dan Sargent's time in the NRL? No, they're all ordinary players. Yeah, they are quite ordinary, that's for sure. But going through here, uh, looks a bit slimmer. On the old Twitter this week, but Sam Taylor has given the announcement this afternoon regarding the Titans. Cue another epic Brock spray this week. Can't wait for the carnage. No, I thought you were pretty good, to be honest. You, you were a bit more subdued. I think last week you got most of your frustration out, hence why we took 20 minutes to get past tackle one. Yeah, I'm a bit overblown up. Why blow up when they're like, it's clear the players don't give a shit. Yeah. So, so it's hard for you why, to care when the players The season's don't care. over. There's two games to go. Yeah. Um, He's bring, also, bring on the NFL. Bring on the Falcons. He's also got here you to spray about the Titans sacking Henry and keeping Hayne. Oh, they should they should punt both. They should punt both. Shunt, but, punt but, both. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to I'd like to have a phone call with uh, someone at Titans management and yeah. have a little bit of uh, and just well, I, I did go off earlier about the transparency. That's my biggest issue here. Yeah, from the club. Tell us, well, just from anyone within the game. It's a wider issue, but today it's the Titans that are that are on the chopping block or on the. On the fry pan, like just tell us honestly what's going on. Yeah, and, and be honest with your fans because they treat us like we're idiots. Hundred percent. And Sam finishes off here with any insight info on Graham to the Dragons report. Opinion on him as a signing if it happens. For well, he looks though. to have played his best football. I think he's a just sort of hit him a little bit this year. He's still a quality player, but yeah. Well, let's look at it. How I, I don't want to pay him big money. To I come. talked to you the other day. Look at it simply as this: this bloke has been an absolute gun for the most part of the time he's here, but injuries have crept in the last year or two. Yeah. And the big reason for that. He's 31, thir- turning 32 before the year ends. He debuted at St. Helens at age 17. He played seven grand finals in a row. They play like mid-season games, and I know the, probably the standard's not as high, but still a shitload of football. Yeah. And then all the grand finals, internationals, then he comes here, played in two grand finals, full seasons. They've made the finals every year bar this year. He's got plenty of kilometres on the body. He's yeah. not a big forward. The ball playing thing's kind of been figured out. If the Dragons can get him, I don't know if they need him so much from a cultural standpoint. They've got a really good forward pack. Frizzell, Vaughan, Sims has been value for money since he's got there now. DeBellin, Joel Thompson, they've got a good pack. Yeah. Um, with Packer leaving, yeah, I can understand a little bit, but it depends how much freight the dogs are willing to take. And the big sticking point, apparently his management say we're keen, but you've got to add two more years. I don't want James Graham for three years no at five, 600000 at the moment. If I can get him for a year or two for five or 400 possibly. Yeah. And I lighten his training load and I take care of him. But the leg speed and the power, the way the Dragons play, I don't think he fits in their pack. DeBellin's kind of their distributor if anyone's going to take someone to the line. And he's got leg speed and the ability 
to take a run and throw that pass or not throw that pass and still find his front and turn the play the ball into a positive. I think Graham's kind of past that point. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, I would have gone for an offhand Gowie, and apparently they did talk to him, but they didn't act quick enough, and Brisbane locked him up. So yeah. that was one on the market that I was a fan of. I just hope to God they don't touch Adam Blair. That's another one that we're hearing uh, they were looking at, and for huge money, which I just don't understand. But <sighs> James Graham, he has been a gun, though. I'll completely give him that, that's for sure. But we move on now to the Facebook questions, and we'll punch through these. Nigel Huntley, he says, fans blame the refs instead of their team for panicking, a.k.a. Canberra fans. So over everyone thinking their team is perfect and would be minor premiers every, every year if it wasn't for the refs. Well, me said it, mate. I know there was a few things yesterday, maybe in the ruck, a few more penalties in the first half, but they certainly got the rub of the green in the second half, Canberra. They won the penalty count yeah, they did. heavily. They made twice, three times as many errors. I think it was like 9-3, the error count. Uh, and yeah, everyone and the coaches every week, like we said, we're sick of people blaming the refs. Stop finding an easy way out. Max McAlorum, does anyone south of the border take the Broncos as a genuine threat to win the competition? Seems like they aren't. Uh, they aren't held in the same regard as the Roosters, Sharks to beat Melbourne. No, I think I think they're on the same level as the Roosters and Sharks. I just think that Melbourne are streaks ahead. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think I like the Broncos. I haven't so. got in regard. I, like I said, I was very tempted to put them at number two today above mm. the Roosters. But I think generally, I reckon they dust the Sharks at the moment. They already did. Yeah, I reckon the Sharks are under them right now. So um, to me, the Sharks have to play some good football the next week or two to prove to me that they are going to be a threat for the finals. Yeah, I need to see a little bit more. Uh, Johnny Juice, he says here, Lewis, last week you said you're not a genius. I disagree. I've been listening to you guys for four years and I've often thought you're an intellectual. Just how you can say 100 words a minute without pause and your choice of words spot on. Your brain's constantly ticking over. You and Brock both have good footballing IQs, but I think you are clever. Yeah, and I'm a dunce. I'm a d- <laughs> uh, Mate, uh, right, I- this, I'll, I'll just retire. That's fine. You can. You, I think you're ready to go. Ready to run your own pod. That's the best thing you've ever heard. By yourself. No, he's giving you a rap too. He's got you and Brock, and he said nah. at the start. But it was more going on the point that I said last week, nah. I'm no genius. I'm certainly no genius, mate, but appreciate uh, the compliment and the talking. Uh, as my pot would say, what is it? I could talk with under wet, con- wet concrete with a mouthful of marbles. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Diego's second in that. We really appreciate that, guys. Thank you very much. Diego, he says here, if you delisted all players and allocated them to teams in an attempt to make it a truly fair competition, forget about contracts and salary caps, would games become more competitive? How would the overall quality of the game well, be different? Well, it would be because then there'd be even teams. 100%. I yeah. think some positions it would be hard to redistribute players because yeah. you look at halves and fullbacks, there's different You're not going to have 16 of the same quality of player in no. each position. So. Different, like, you know, and even in props and everywhere. But there's more depth, I'd probably say, in outside backs and a few spots like yeah. that. Back rowers as compared to, like, hookers. They're poles apart, the top couple of hookers. Yeah. The top few fullbacks are on a complete another level to probably a big group. And, and then they come similar. down to things like coaching and tactics, etc. But yeah, again, if you distributed it, yeah, you could do that. But again, like Brock's saying, also coaching, tactics, uh, a lot of things moving forward. But 100%, Diego, that would make a difference. Darren Lawrence, who's going to coach the Titans? Who cares? Well, we talked about this last week, and out of all the contenders... Bigger issues than who coaches aside. Yeah, I think moving forward, it's, is Jared Haynes still going to be there? Whoever's dumb enough to take the job while Haynes there, because yeah. it's a... it's a Next year's a right off. It's a death seat. It's the electric chair. Go and sit in it. Uh, I will say one thing, though. We said last week, Seabold, out of all the ones I were talking about... Yeah, but if I'm him, I'm not taking the job. I don't that's what I said here. I don't want the job. No. But if you wanted somebody, if you're the Titans right now, uh, I think it'd be him. The Kevin Walters idea, I think... I'm warming to it. It grew on me a little bit more, and we sent the same message to each other at the exact same time, mm. basically thinking the same thing. He's been under Bennett, he's been under Bellamy, and he's had success with halves. So mm. looking at Taylor, 
Roberts, LG. Yeah, he's a Queenslander. Like, I know they yeah. carry on about this. Yeah, he's a Queen. Yeah, there's but also, you know what? He's an origin coach. He might be able to attract some players to the club. Yeah. and then He I might think, be able to keep Ash Taylor. I think what you, know, you said, yeah. too. Bennett versus uh, Kevy. Good. The big beef there. But yeah. He got, certainly got the best out of Benny Hunt and all that. And the, the Brisbane players wanted him back there this year. And Wayne said no. Yeah. Um, and his time at Melbourne, they were also... I think you the, might see a few more players travelling from Brisbane down to the Gold Coast rather than the other way. Well, that's uh, that idea grew on me more from those things, like you said as well, but we'll see what happens. Troy Byrne, with all the injuries at the Cowboys this year, is it just a fluke or is it a training rehab issue? No. I've never seen anything like it. Three weeks in a row, being down to one on the bench, they are dropping like flies. Love your work, guys. Going to miss it in the off-season. You know, we need to look at the, whether they're impact injuries or overuse injuries. They're, well, they're all impact injuries. They're impact injuries. Like, you know, you've got... Morgan's had the HIA issues. Ponga on the weekend was apparently maybe a break or a shoulder. Asciata just landed awkwardly, busted his arm. O'Neill falls awkwardly, pops his elbow out. Thurston's was in... Um, yeah, his shoulder's already rooted, Thurston's though. was in the international and game. The problem with the test. Thurston's is it's a reoccurring thing over time. If you've played 300-plus games and you've already had three or four Ricos early in your career... Yeah, you're going to have no, issues no, just saying, We're going yeah. through all the injuries. But yeah, it's got nothing to do, I don't think, with rehab and that, mate. And they don't have a history in the past of this. And you look at Matt Scott, age. Age takes its toll on guys. Yeah. 300 plus games and you're a front row and you've buckled your knee. Um, I think it's just one of those really unfortunate years where they're, they're falling apart, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Zach Maitland, is James Graham signing with the Dragons? Well, I don't know if he's signed yet. There was talk yesterday that he had, but officially there's nothing. Well, I heard that he doesn't want to go. Yeah, so did I. And there's no paperwork, so he hasn't signed mm. with them. If the Knights now miss out on Blair, who would they target? Brownie has said he is after an experienced front row. Well, I'm glad if they Good have... Luck. They don't have to rely on someone chopping someone off in a fire sale, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, I think they're still looking at the Bulldog situation. Uh, if they can't get Graham, I just wouldn't spend the money. Mm. I'd just have another year with the Safidis, and I think Josh King's done a solid job. They've got a young guy, Sami Solo, uh, who played 20s. He's 20s eligible. He's played some cup games. I'd probably give him a couple of games next year. I'd just do a progression thing again. Yeah. is already coming. Guerra's coming. You've got Barnett. You've got guys you could play tight in the 13 role, not so much as a prop, but um, I think with Asaisa and the two Safidis and Josh King, they're not in too bad a setup as far as your props are concerned for next year, but I wouldn't panic buy for the sake of it. No. Um, I think they identified Lawrence for a couple of years because the money wouldn't have been so bad, and I wouldn't have minded that, uh, but he's going back to the Titans. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Besides Blair, I'd have to get up a, a contract list, mate, which I can't right now and see who's still off contract, but I'm not disappointed if I'm Newcastle. I'm missing out on Blair. I think they were going to pay too much and give too many years. James Graham, I stick to what I said before, four five hundred max on the cap and only two years, no more than that. You know, he's got plenty of Ks on the body. Andrew Locke, do you guys reckon the way the game is going uh, with less interchanges and game speed being a lot quicker, do you reckon players like Dallas Johnson, Scott Sattler, Menzies, those smaller, quicker locks would carve up the game nowadays? Love the show, boys. Mm, hard to know because they're smaller guys as well, so mm. they get slowed down and hit a lot harder. So With the wrestle and that, yeah. yeah. I think Menzies would flourish in this modern game regardless. I think Dallas Johnson was pretty good. But Scotty Sattler, I think he was kind of the era just before all the wrestling and all that kind of started to kick in. Good player, Sats. I think he was a good player. But, yeah, I don't know if those guys would carve up, but they'd survive. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Uh, Daniel Ayalu, I probably got that wrong, mate. I apologise. You reckon you're going to crack at that one, mate? Where is it? This one here. Ayalu. Ayalu. Hello. Yeah. Sorry, mate, if I got that wrong. He says here, how good would Sean Johnson be if he had a decent halves partner and competent forward pack? I think he gets over-criticised by the media considering how he's carried the team for a few good well, years I think now. Kieran Foran's a pretty good half. I uh, think Kieran Foran was there and he still didn't kick on champion. And I think the big issue a lot of people have is for a number seven, and this is the high criticism of him, he doesn't talk or organise. And the seven's supposed to be the dominant one. So um, the forward pack, I can agree with you, maybe the last two seasons, but prior to that, they've had a pretty good forward pack too. Yeah. 
I think when he had Maloney there, he did have his best season. He was a rookie. They had a really good young forward pack. Mateo, Kevin Locke, that a great side. I can't make excuses but for him. I can't make any excuses for him either, champion. And even an international level, when you see him there with all those kind of guys, he does an okay job. But if you're going to be a genuine number seven, you need to be the dominant half. If anything, I don't think he's a seven. He's a six. The way he runs... He's a six. He's, a he's six. forced to play seven because and he doesn't there's no organize. one else there to do it. But yeah, I think that or fullback. And again, I couldn't put him there because I don't think he's fit enough and he could put the no, yards in. And he's never played there before. No, exactly. But the style of footballer he yeah, is, yeah, I, I could maybe yeah. mould him to go there, but I don't think he'd be able to put the work in to be fit enough to do it. So <laughs> yeah. until they get a genuine seven, I'd say, there and transition him to six, which they seem to refuse to do, I don't think he's ever going to be the dominant seven everyone wants him to be. Yeah. Uh, Rob Cardo, is Kieran Foran the saviour for the dogs? Uh, uh, the saviour the dogs should be banking on to turn the club around with injuries and recent off-field issues. It seems like a massive gamble. Well, we just touched it on is that. a huge gamble. We touched on it earlier, champion. Given the hamstring and now the back, and he's had lots of other problems. Uh, the off-field thing seems to be a bit more stable, but all those other injuries—they're permanent. They're not going away. No. Um, to pay eight, nine hundred thousand or whatever they've done—that's a pretty good whack of cash for somebody after what he's put together this year. He put together a half-decent month and then he broke down again. So I, we talked about it here. I said the off-field thing was one thing, but I want to see 10 good weeks of football. I want to talk to him, but I'm not panic-buying. And I think they went in too hard too early. No, I and I think that was Des panic at the time because maybe that's what the board said would keep his job. So, yeah. And Rob again says, did the West Tigers management uh, and Ivan Cleary shoot themselves in the foot by putting deadlines on Tedesco and Woods to extend their contracts? I feel as though if they'd given them time to get to work with Cleary and see an actual future of the club, they may have well stayed. Well, I think the problem is, champion, they tried to do contracts the year before and they were on uh, one-year deals with options and they dragged it out and they dragged it out and then they went in hard again. They were paying them overs. You'd agree there, sure. Massively, yeah. All of them were getting overs, mate. It, uh, the Ivan Cleary thing now is obviously rubbed off on Woods in particular, not so much Tedesco. I think he's happy to be getting out of there and he wants to win football games, but... I think they handled it fine. I think the players are the ones and their player managers are the ones who messed up this Cocked whole situation. Yeah. You can't put a gun to a club's head and expect them to keep waiting and waiting and waiting and put your whole club in jeopardy. And I don't know if you're a Tigers fan or not, but that's what they were doing. They were putting the whole club in jeopardy. Cleary came in, did the right thing. Basically said, bang, bang, bang. These are the offers. This is the money. I think all of them were on the money. Tedesco's was about $1 million, $1.1 million, which is similar to what the Roosters gave him. Woods was still around 800750 uh, Moses, the only one they've pulled, and I've explained this before. I think that was more for a cultural thing. Uh, he got a little bit too big for his boots, and they, he needed a new start. And look how good that's done him at Parrot and the club, the Tigers in general. And Brooks realised, I think he didn't have that much value. They had a good coach, and he should just shut his mouth and stay. So I, I think they did the right yeah, thing. Hard to argue. Yeah. Uh, Josh Bell, team's blatantly cheating the concussion rule. Jason Tamalolo going off for a HIA when contact it was not made with his head. Well, I mentioned that before. Everyone's doing it. Yep. Uh, no clubs uh, free of that one, champion. We completely yep. agree. Tony McKillop, as long as you don't knock the player out, is it okay to hit a player late and high? No. No, well, not high. You can't hit anyone high full stop. No. Hit them late as well, same deal. I'm not supposed to do it in particular halves. So, yeah, that, that's a no-no. Jay Smith, what does Laurie think of Mayweather versus McGregor and what does Des think of the Avengers films? Jesus. That's so random. <laughs> well, Laurie thinks that in Mayweather McGregor, that the mystic Mac attack does not stand a chance unless he throws some kind of miracle knockout punch. Mayweather the last few weeks has been saying he's old and he's lost a step of speed. That is purely a sales pitch because tickets are not selling. Mayweather's getting desperate and he's gone so far as to say he's going to brawl with McGregor. Desperate for money is Mayweather. 
the fight, I reckon uh, McGregor can win. Well, I hope you're right. And, uh, yeah, he's bullshit last week. I hope he cares. He's Mayweather saying, I'm going to change my style and I'm old and I'm slow. He's doing he's pretty all, old. Yeah, but they're not selling tickets. Mm. And they've all come out and said that. He's getting desperate now. He's come up with anything he can to get it in the media and try and do anything he can to get people to come buy tickets, sell the joint out, because the prices are ridiculous. And most people on the McGregor side, think they know he's not a boxer. He's never done an amateur fight. Mm. I'd love to see him knock him out. I reckon he'd be outstanding. That'd be great. But what a way to tarnish your 49 no record, losing to an MMA fighter. Wow. Yeah. So, a bit well, from, Look, from the videos that I've seen of McGregor sparring, he looks okay. He doesn't look like a bum. So Yeah, still. Um, he's young enough, angry enough, silly enough to go. Like, for me, I don't think, I don't think Mayweather can knock McGregor out, do you? Mayweather. Do you think Mayweather's got enough punching power to nah, knock McGregor everyone, out? Everyone said he got That's what I mean. So what, what's, stopping, what's stopping McGregor from just coming forward the whole fight and trying to knock him out? He can, but I still think he'll just counter-punch him. Just outbo- and, and so you reckon he can outbox him for 12 rounds? Yeah. I think. In, I, I honestly believe that if, if it goes... I, I just don't I don't see how it goes. Yeah, you know the big problem, you bring this up again. On the flip side of McGregor, all the reports coming out of his camp is he's gassed after four rounds because he's going so he hard. Went, he went bloody 12 rounds in Mal- Malinaji last week. No, they're all saying he's gassing out early. So uh, probably gassing out early because he's trying to punch the shit out of people in four rounds. Probably, but he's yeah. going to try. I reckon he's going to try and knock him out. But okay, so if he's gassed, right? And this was similar to the Horn Pacquiao fight. Horn got in trouble when he was gassed, and Pacquiao sort of came at him. Mm. I don't think when McGregor's gassed, Floyd's going to try and knock him out. No, I don't think he's Floyd got the will power. just try and box him. I really don't think he's got the power. So I, McGregor's yeah. going to be in this yeah, fight, man. I'm with you he's for one, one punch. reason. I looked at the odds the other day, and the one market that seems ridiculous to me, Floyd Mayweather on points is like four dollars. Mm. And to win, he's like a dollar seven. I'm like, seriously, I don't see him knocking him out. They're all going, oh, yeah, he's not, yeah, yeah. Boxing. Well, when's he? He hasn't sat anyone down. How, when's the last? And when's the last out? time that like you look at um, who's he knocked out though? When's the last person? Maybe look at out? Diaz. Diaz. Like, he, he Diaz knocked out McGregor. Yeah, he, he's, he is a boxer. But that's what I'm saying. He he's can punch. If, if, you, if you said to me, you can cop a punch from May, Mayweather or Diaz, Mayweather every day of the week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At this point, I'm looking at that going. I reckon he can outbox him because he's definitely fit enough. But the decision, when I looked at the odds the other day, I'm sitting there looking at that going, I'm not betting on Mayweather for a knockout. The decision looks nice at $4, though. Mm. If I was I'm going, going to back, bet I'm going to back McGregor to knock him out or Mayweather to win by Well, points. that's what I was going to say. I looked yeah. at two things the other day. And was, you can't lose if one of them gets up. No. Well, I don't see Mayweather knock him out, but I think McGregor's only chance is to knock his block off, which, mm. you know, if he gets close enough, he's certainly got the punching power. He's proved it. Yeah. So if anyone out there, williamhill.com, have a look at those odds. I'd be getting Floyd Mayweather points decision. And if you're going to... Have a bet the other way. It's the knockout. The rounds brackets, there were some seriously good odds. I was looking one to four and five to eight. No, you got big away. odds for Conor McGregor. Stay away so. because there, there'll be there'll be a few little agreements before they walk into the ring. I don't think this will this will this cannot finish early. I hope it does. I hope it, it can't. I hope it does because Chaos. it's just gonna. It's there's gonna be mayhem. It'll be it snake off the Simpsons with a peewee hockey when he gets the crowbar out and starts ripping chairs out. I wish they had peewee hockey when mm. I was a lad. Outstanding. Smells of a rot. Brad McMillan, best and worst player by position in the NRL. Only top 17 considered your opinions. What was it? Best and worst player by position in the NRL. Only top 17 considered your opinions. What do you mean top 17 considered? Oh, well, I think you're saying out of starters only or guys that are named in the 17 every week. That's a big ask off the top of your head with yeah. questions. That, that, that's a bit more. I, like, I don't like naming worst players. No, nah, neither do I. But you know, off the top of your head, Chant, that's a bit too hard. Because they're playing first grade and I didn't. Yeah, that's right. And so. that's one that needs to look at every single lineup and questions are supposed to be quick fire. So. Probably have to cut that one off, but we appreciate well, we're gonna, we'll be doing Team of the Year, surely. Yeah, we'll do Team of the Year at the end of the year, so that'll get you your best players, and there's some other ones in there. So, uh, 
uh, that'll highlight a couple of guys that had poor years. Mm-hmm. So, sorry about that, champion. Uh, James Heron, hey, guys, top work. James Graham to the Dragons, the right fit. Well, I spoke about it before for the right price and the right amount of years, but, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be giving him three years or four years, that's for sure. It'd be two max and probably around four, five hundred I'd want to tip in if it's going to be one million, one point one million on the dog side. Yeah. Edge Matthews, Mrs. Badger is quickly coming up the refereeing ranks. How long until a woman is given the whistle rather than the flag? At least Mrs. Badger is getting the calls right. Credit to the Badger, only bloke I know who gets told how to do at work and get <laughs> at work and at home by the missus. How long can that relationship last? Mr. Gossip, any news on Todd Cardi returning to the NRL? Well, Mr. Gossip will be on later. We'll see if he's gotten in it there. Casey Badger should have been in the NRL a month ago. Ages ago. She'd been there last year. I've yep. watched her do the 20s and even the other night. She was in that Titans game. She got two or three of the calls spot on on the yep. sideline. And we see other guys who have made absolute blunders who get a flag every week, let alone forget the refereeing side of things. They can't even do that job right. I'd be giving her a pocket ref job. If you, yeah, if you're going off consistency, though, I've watched her do the 20s, even in that arena. That's a place where you think young blokes could get really loose with a female ref. She does a great job. Yeah. She does a really good job. The other one I like... Who cares about like this bullshit about yeah. male, female? Who gives a shit? Whoever she's good enough, job, put her in there. Simple. Put them in. We're with you 100%. Paul Agirios, is this the easiest top eight in years or softest, should I say? I think it's probably one of the weaker bottom halves, that's for sure. Mm. Um, it's just one of the weakest comps. In I think it's yeah, definitely one of the weakest as far as you look at how quickly some of the bottom end teams were found out. And even now, we a couple of weeks ago, we're sitting there going, well, there's a chance we might have you know uh, a couple of teams in contention. But after the weekend, again, we're basically down to the Dragons being the last ones with the chance to slip in or the mm. Cowboys manly to fall out. But Yeah, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue too much with you there, Paul. I think there's really only three teams I'd still consider genuine threats for the title. And maybe one a dark horse. James Hughes, if Manly scrape into the eight, does all the Barrett height look unwarranted? Nah, it's, it's it goes up and down. You've got to give you've got to give appreciation to this. They've had massive turnover. They're still cleaning up after the time bomb that Des left with all the back ended contracts. They still haven't offloaded them because Brett Stewart this year can't even get on the field, and that's almost a million dollars they don't have to spend. And a few of the bargain buys they made him and Fulton. If I, I think it was more Fulton, so I, you know I'm not going to knock Barrett, but. Uarte is a good decision in the end this year for the money they paid. Yeah. I think he's been good. And, uh, you know, Coruscant getting the starting job, that's proved to be a plus this year. Keeping Lawrence there after some of the injuries he's had has proved to be a good idea. Frank Winterstein, nobody knew about. He's turned out to be a good player. Brian Kelly's had a few defensive lapses, but they got him on the cheap. So if I'm a team like them and I'm missing almost $1.5 million in my cap because Matt and Stewart can't play, I'd say he's done a, a pretty decent job. Mm. Yeah, I, that's. The hype, Unwarranted. I'm not going to get hype. I'm not saying he's an outstanding There's no coach. hype from us. I, there's no yeah. hype coming from here, but has he done a good job considering the circumstances? I think he's done a good job considering yeah, the circumstances, so. but I still question how much influence Bob Fulton's got, and I think he's got a lot. Yeah. So I don't know how much of this was actually Trent Barrett who went out and found these players or picked these players, which, again, in the long run, if you're going to be an NRL coach and turn into a, a Bellamy or a Bennett or be one of the real top-notch ones, you want to be involved in all facets of it. And I still question how much Fulton has to do with the club. And mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot to do with it. A lot to do with it. Uh, James Douglas, what's the go with the players? Scoring, converting, then going off for a head check. Milford did it earlier in the year and it escapes me, but a player had a head knock this week. Scoring shortly after, then going off for a check. Surely it's unsafe and in bad faith. Well, agree. you're right. We've seen a couple during the year. We saw Montoya do it on Sunday. If you've got the head knock, it's pretty straightforward and simple. You should go straight off for the HIA. And whatever that little computer or whatever they have on the sideline, the review people, much like the NFL, they get them the next play sometimes in the NFL if they're trying to dodge it. They should be straight onto it and sending the trainer out and going, he's got to come off right now. 
Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't be able to play another play after that. Yep. Uh, Shane Hunter, why have Manly shit the bed? Oh, well, they're not holding the ball and they're not defending well. Simple as that. Um, you need to be able to do those things, particularly when you are, well, Manly, they're not the most talented side, so no. they need to do all those little things well. Lack so. of depth. And they're not at the moment. And I think we said the other week as well, besides the discipline and all that, they've flattened out a bit and they've been found out a bit with their attack. Everyone knows about the Trebojevic inside-outside play. If you stop Cherry Evans on the right, the early ball to Dylan Walker, there wasn't a whole lot to their attack for those few weeks when things were going really, really well. And their forward pack had a good platform. But I think at the moment, Tap out and a few of these guys are doing a good job, but the bench is letting them down. Yeah. So I think they're struggling in a lot of areas. But goal line defense yesterday was terrible. It was really, really bad. Mm. Kenny Anderson, hangover tips work to treat roll on the finals. <laughs> Bang. Outstanding. Daryl Parker, players coming back from injury and then redoing the same injury. Pressure from the club, team, or bad advice from medical staff or just bad luck, it seems to happen a lot. I'm not going to take a shot at clubs, but one of my knee injuries, I blame purely on being pushed back because that's what they want. You're a piece of meat. You're a piece. I explain it this way. Just think of being a horse in a stable. 20s, cut, all those kind of things. Or you've got 30, 35 talented guys, they've got you there, they're taken care of, they have the physio, the doctors and all that. But in the end, even when I used to get scans, you don't see it like when you go to a normal doctor for scans and pick them up yourself. They get sent to the club. Yeah. And they get the report. And then the trainer or the head, uh, the guy who's top of the sports science or the training side of things, he'll tell you what the doctors recommend and they'll send you the physio. Uh, you're in the dark about a lot of things. But at the end of the day, uh, players definitely get pushed to play because it's a results-driven business and they want their best players on the field. Yeah. And a lot of time, it is to their dismay. And simple ones like French the other night, it's not going to you know, permanently scar him long-term and it's only a minor strain. But after a week, it was stupid to push him back. And now they're going to miss him for a couple of weeks and they're not even sure if he's ready for week one. I agree. Did we get a passenger of the week this week? We nah, didn't, didn't I haven't seen him in here. No. There's been nothing. I think it's Matty Hunt maybe or something yeah, like that. Well, so uh, I'll, I'll have to refresh it later on before we finish. Because yeah. that's one of those ones. It it's just it's always there. Yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah, no, not there. At no the time passenger burn. of the week. Yeah, but mate, to... Matty, you're the passenger of the week this week. If you've missed it out, mate, come on. Yeah. I'm going to give you the end of the show. I'm going to have a look at the end and see if we've got one. But we've got one last question here. Uh, Pubulus Enigma on Twitter says, "How far in the finals can Penrith go? Given everyone said they couldn't beat Canberra." No, I don't think everyone said they couldn't beat Canberra. Well, I've said a million times, if they hit top form, and I'm not the biggest fan of them, and just a few small things which I don't agree with team selection-wise, they could be a genuine threat. At the start of the year, I put them at fifth, though, and I said I could see them being the Canberra of last year, making a run late, which they are, getting wins, possibly getting to the final four, but I couldn't see them pushing a Roosters, a Melbourne, a Sharks, or a Brisbane in top form and beating them to make a grand final. Well, in short, they could win it. Oh, 100%. If they're in there, they can win it. But my opinion, like I, said, I stick to it at the start of the year. I had them finishing fifth, which they're getting close to now, and I had them getting knocked out in a prelim. So that's pretty high thoughts of the team, I think. Mm. I've been more disappointed with the way they started and just some of the team selections. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know really else what to say there. But, Matty, if you listen to this later on, like I said, we're going we're gonna to refresh and we're hoping to find a passion of the week because so far, You're it's in. you. It's you. But that wraps up all the fan questions for now. A big thank you to everyone out there. Always appreciate those. You've got your set of six. We did our power rankings, reviews of the games. Now we're going to move on to Mr. Gossip. We'll get all the tips and do the dirt and all that with him. Uh, And a big thank you as always must also go to Richmond Residential, sponsor there, helping out our charity. Uh, Got an ad on this show. And the Great Walk Foundation, obviously our charity this year, Boxhead, but the betting still not going good. Our betting is going poo. Oh, Individually, we're doing all right. But any time we try and put something together for the charity, it just burns down instantly. Usually it's the other way around. 
Yeah. But uh, Richmond Residential, a big thank you to Ange and the team out there for anybody on the show looking for some financial help. Richmond Residential, they are a strategic financial management consultancy. They deliver a broad range of highly effective wealth creation solutions for the commercial and non-commercial financial sectors. You can get home equity loans, commercial loans, financial management, restructuring of your mortgage, home loans, debt consolidation, real estate investment, superannuation planning, and even property sourcing. They cover everything. Its professionals have a strong client focus and their dedication will help you achieve the financial success that you want. They work with you and for you and they get you where you want to be. You can contact them today on 0288244000. Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn or you can book a complimentary strategy session. And I've said it before, I think I need to get one of those for my superannuation because I've got no idea what's going on. Super confuses me a lot. But you can find them at Suite 415 of 33 Lexington Drive, Bella Vista, New South Wales, 2153. Thank you, Richmond Residential. And now on to Mr. Gossip, brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you can have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And we're back with everybody's favourite, Mr. Gossip. The Panthers, mate, seven in a row. You must be a happy boy this week, surely. Mate, over the moon, good win. As I said last week on the podcast, a massive test for us against Canberra, but um, we did well. Completion rates were good. Defence is still a bit has your father at times, but um, very happy Panther fan. Have to be very, very happy. Seven in a row and heading to the Dragons at home this week. Pretty much all but secured in the finals. A slim chance of top four. I don't see that happening, but you can basically be assured of a... I think, do they get a home final? Did they make the move last year? What do you mean? So one, two... Yeah, I know that, but I'm pretty... Didn't didn't Penrith get five or six last year and have to move that game to play the Bulldogs? It was at Allianz. Yeah, but they're going to make them do that again? They can't get week one? Yeah, they will. All right, that's what I was wondering. I want to see it at Penrith. Mm. It would be disappointing. Good idea. That's very disappointing. Oh, well, we'll see what happens, but they look like they're going to get themselves uh, into that position there at five or six. I don't think they're going to get fourth, but, mate, what's happening? I know it's uh, that time of year, like we've said the last few weeks, but you got anything cooking for us? Here's a few things here, boys. We'll, look, we'll start off with something that I've been dying to sort of get your opinions on. Um, Todd Carney, his contract's finished. He's 31 years old. He wants back in the NRL. A few spies are telling me that the Warriors are keen, but they're having their own issues at the moment with the owner wanting out, so I'm not too sure how solid that is. But Carney, do we want him back? Do we need him back? I, I want him back. I, I want him back. his time. I just don't know where he fits maybe as a starter. and Warriors would be good. I don't I do. see him taking a Benji Marshall kind of role either at a club and forcing his way in. But I said before, I, I, it's not going to happen. There's no way it's going to happen. Uh, given a contract standpoint, I'd love to see him finish at the Raiders. Catalans are almost bloody going to get relegated over there. Like, I don't think they will, but well, they're battling away. He's playing at Salford. Is he? Yeah, he's at Salford. Oh, okay. I thought you watched the Super League, mate. No, I do. But, yeah, that's a brain fart. Yeah, him and him and Robert, him and Robert Louis, mate, the dream team. They're yeah. the hardest pairing itself. Yeah, well, they got lapped on the weekend. Two colourful characters, but they got lapped on the weekend by Wigan. You would have looked at a team like Newcastle at the start of the year and said they could use him for the right price, but you know they don't need him now with who they've bought. Um, you know the Tigers, another one that they've got Benji coming in to help out. All those top clubs again. I don't see him accepting like a, a role to play second fiddle or play cup, but. Off the top of my head, the only real one there that floats to me again is maybe someone like a Canberra to come full circle and finish off. But mm. um, that's only because I look at Caesar and Austin and it's not working. And I think Austin needs to develop more. Well, but... What about the Dragons? Well, we're up and hunt. Yeah. They've just paid nine hundred thousand dollars for one and a million for the other. He doesn't fit there either. Dragons. Yeah. No, I think he would be. I think he'd be good at the Warriors personally. Yeah, 
Look, they could definitely use a higher-end player because between Lino and Hingano, I like Hingano, but he's still a baby. He's... Melbourne? No, you got Brody Croft nah, there. We got Croft. Imagine that. Carney. Imagine if Bellamy got a hold of Carney. Croft. You'd see his Dalian form back. Yeah, well, how, how, how much money does he want? That's the problem. That's why, have... that's why I don't yeah. see him fitting anywhere. That's he, the problem. He can have 24 for 10 each He week. was coming at this start this year and he said he was keen, but it was still big dosh and I don't think anyone's got the time or the, you know, or the spot for him, really. He just gets 24 nuggets each week. 24 nuggets. KF? <laughs> <laughs> what about, so you reckon the Warriors champion, what about the environment and the culture there? Do you think that's a, a dangerous environment for old Tony? <laughs> what does it matter? Well, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, look, I think the, they stomach the Warriors. Let's be honest, they haven't recruited well for next season. They've got a busted-ass coach. Um, what can go wrong, really? Yeah, fair enough. Chuck Toddy in there, see what happens. Get Neil in there. Let him loose. <laughs> yes, well, that's what I, I tweeted that this afternoon. They couldn't go wrong with Neil Henry. He's a bit of a, a hard-ass sort of coach. I think he'll change the culture oh. at, at New Zealand quite a bit. Um, they could do a lot worse than having Neil Henry at the Warriors. I think there'd be a few tears if Neil Henry got there. Some of those players wouldn't be happy. There's going to be some hard, hard lessons learnt. <laughs> there would be. I, look, this time last year, we are all singing Neil Henry's praises. And don't forget, this year, he coached the side that uh, beat the Storm, beat Cronulla twice. He's, yeah. he's, not, a, he's not a goose. Try. He can coach. No. And he was he was behind the, the Queensland success for a long time. He was a brains trust for that. So the bloke's not a flog. He can coach. And I think he'd do wonders at the Warriors. Well, put it this way, he'll do it better than bloody Carney. Oh, Carney, and sorry. Uh, even early doors at Canberra. Canberra were a nothing side until Neil Henry got there. He lifted him out and they played some finals football and they were exciting to watch too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I reckon it'd be a good, good black to have a beer with, so I, I hope he finds a gig. All right, we'll see what happens with that one, but what else you got for us, champion? All right, we mentioned Langlani Lato a lot in the past probably two months. He did have a, a deal that was very close to being a Parramatta, but they've given up hope on him. He wants too much money. Um, still on the pen is Akawala. He's off to Warrington. Um, bit of a surprise there. Still a young guy, likes the headband, mean-looking bastard. Um, yeah, shame he couldn't stay in the NRL. That one just really annoys me because I called the Tigers Cup side on the weekend and was furious because they're just terrible and they got lapped by 50 and he never should have been let go. And uh, At Penrith, obviously, they've got a situation where they've got some depth and um, I'd honestly prefer him over Tim Brown, but that's not happening. But this is another situation where I talk about the lack of player depth and why we can't expand the comp because people like Sidalecki Akawala shouldn't be going to England this early. No, agreed. Agreed. Well, yeah, he just hadn't had, hasn't had the opportunity. Yeah, the opposite thing there at Penrith and the Tigers are. Watching the Tigers last year, they had nobody and they wouldn't give him a run. Penrith are loaded. Like, kick out and a couple of these guys, they can't get in the side either. So. Mm. Yeah. All right, boys, on to James Graham. We've flogged this dead horse a lot. We've all sort of agreed that he'd be great in Newcastle, but I don't know how the Dragons are going to do it, but they're trying to get Graham um, down to Cogra. Look, I don't know where they find room in the cap, to be honest. They're spending, as you mentioned before, a million bucks on that. I don't know where the money is unless the Bulldogs pay a shitload of his salary. And I can't see that happening as well, but there was a Fox journalist that did tweet that it's a done deal, that um, Graham's going to the Dragons. Personally, I don't see it, and I don't think they need him. Yeah, well, we spoke about before, years and money are the big issue, and they said if the cap got to 9.4, like they're talking, it could be $1.1 million and. Played since 17 at St. Helens. He played seven straight grand finals, internationals, all the extra games over there, and then all the final series he's played here. Um, they've got a big dynamic forward pack, and I don't see really where he fits. And the only guy who really ball plays there is DeBellin, and he's young, got good footwork, powerful, and can afford to do so. I, 
I don't see them fitting. I don't think they need the cultural kind of thing like, say, a Newcastle or that would. And, again, the wage side, like you said, they're going to want to offload at least 70% of it, and I'm not taking it. Okay, yeah. So you think they'll pick up 30% of it? I'm putting it this way. If it's a million dollars, I reckon the dogs at the absolute minimum will want a club to take probably 700. But I reckon maybe six would be more reasonable, but I couldn't do it. And if I'm, Graham's a club, manager, if I'm a club and it was half, I'd take half. That's, I'm fine with that if it's 500. But the other problem is Graham's manager apparently wants three years. I'm not giving him three years. He doesn't have three years left. No. So, yeah, that, that's that's a hard one for me. Yeah, his and, legs are gone this year. But where's he fit? Like, I know they lost Packer because they signed up big, but you got Vaughney, you got Sims who's playing more as a middle now, which is suiting him. Thompson, Debellin, Frizzell. Armour does a good job. They just blooded Laurie, Sele, a couple of these yeah, guys this year. Him. They just don't need him. No. If you know, I, I'm I'm dumbfounded. I Unless really you think you're going to get best form, James Graham, which yeah, exactly. I don't think you are. And again, for half a million dollars, and you don't, he's had neck and knee problems the last couple of years. He's finally started to get some injuries. I, I just can't do it. No, no. We've seen the best of James Graham. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right, boys. I don't know if you watched the, the, the Wallabies' performance. I don't watch rugby. I couldn't give a rat's ass to be honest. But Curtis Rona was selected. There's been a few tweets over the past couple of days. Where is he going to go? I reckon he'll go to Melbourne Rebels and Union, but. Uh, there is a few stories around that he could be linked up with the Tigers. Um, good prospect, boys. You think he'd come back in NRL? You like welcoming him back? Well, we talked about this, I think, a while ago, and people thought it was done because he put up a post saying on the bus, and I was excited because I thought he was great at the Bulldogs in a side that was pretty ordinary the last couple of years. And um, He come through the 20s at the, the Roosters and then went to the Cowboys. He more played as a centre. Uh, but played wing in first grade. He was the top try scorer for one of the seasons there. So mm. I'd like to see him come back. I'd like to see anyone come back. But again, depends on money, I guess, and the club that's got space for him. Yeah, I'd like to see him back. I, I went to the Bledisloe. I think I watched about three minutes of it. You got liquor? Yeah. I drank too much alcohol. Woo! And just put shit on rugby fans for watching a shit game. Rugby onion. I think I, I, was in, I, was in a, I was in a verbal altercation after about six minutes, I think, when I think New Zealand led... Oh, I think they led 7-3, and we, we had a penalty down their end, and we took the three, so we were down 7-6, and I was arguing, why the hell are we kicking for goal? We're going to be behind one, and they're yeah. going to lap us, so we just <laughs> need to be trying to score as many tries as we can, and all these rugby blokes went off at me. You're just a leggy, you wouldn't know what you're talking about. I said, yeah, yeah, okay. I said, well, as soon as New Zealand get the ball back, they'll score, and sure enough, kick off, they got it back, they scored. So yeah. I lost I lost a lot of friends. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right, though. Honestly, what chance are you... Wankers. We've beaten them, like, once in God knows how many years or something like that. Like, just throw the kitchen sink at them. Rugby, rugby, union, rugby union will be dead in 10 years because no one's playing rugby union. And a lot of people I spoke to who sort of know the game at the game over a few beers were saying that the participation rates are just dead. So rugby's, yeah. rugby's in big trouble. Not, not, yeah, that the, not that the rugby league participation numbers are growing. They're, they're going down as well. So we've got some things that we need to address. Well, I think the big difference for us is participation we, numbers. I have no union. idea really about uh, like union at a junior level, but the big problem is it's more exclusive to higher-class private schools, and that's mm. half my problem. They always say our leagues are dumb. I'm like, well... well and also you're, you're, you're just excluding... getting lapped by the All Blacks. Like we're just getting embarrassed yeah. every time we play them. But it probably goes back to what I said before, though. You're excluding like a... Low socioeconomic sport that we have, like we embrace that kind of side of things. Well, they should be. They should have a pocket out here, exactly. and they don't have any they exposure don't. out here. There's no. What are you going to go watch out here? The emus get whacked by eighty points. The emus every week. are experts at standing behind the post. That's about all they're good. Penrith at. emus is where you go when you want to collect money at the end oh. of your uh, older career and just get smashed every week. Mate, the simple side of it here is, and I think it sets the standard up. Rona was a fringe first grader, had a couple of good years here. He was an established first grader. Gets a wall of his jersey. Uh, Cooper Vuna couldn't stay in the Newcastle side, played for the Wallabies. Adam Bully could barely play at Penner from the Dragons. He's bloody played for the Wallabies. Yeah. 
Ryan Cross was a great first grader. Never played any real rep football, but he went over there. He played for the Wallabies. Mm. The Wallabies uh, could do with a few players that can tackle. Oh, 100%. That would help. Right. I know the night scouts are quite often down there, Mossman, looking at all the young rugby guys coming through and always yeah. offering young kids uh, contracts, and, and they'll they jump at it. Hundred percent, and you only got to look at uh, even Angus Crichton. He may have been yeah. playing at Scots College or whatever he's done, but I'm sure if he was looking on the other side of the fence right now, the only upside is he probably already had a Wallabies jersey for a young bloke like a Michael Hooper. But honestly, sure, he'd rather be challenged every week than yeah, get exactly. your ass whooped every time you put a gold jersey on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, last one for the boys. This is not really gossip. More, I want your opinion. Um, look, we know that um, Henry's gone now. Um, in the news tonight, we see that the front runners are Tuvi. And uh, Walters, I'll go to you, Box. You're the Lions <laughs> yeah. fan. Would you uh, rather have those two? Uh, neither of them. I, look, I, <laughs> I could cop Walters because he's a Queensland coach. Uh, yeah, he's worked under Bennett, Bellamy, Origin coach. Doesn't like Bennett. I don't know. There's a, there's a few things there that I sort of like. Um, Jeff yep. Tuvey, no thanks. Um, outside of that, I'd be making a huge play for Bellamy. I'd be open up the coffers. His family lives up there. I, you know, I know it's a long shot, but if I'm the Titans, you, you know, the leadership starts with the with the coach. They need a strong coach in there. I'm not overly keen on someone coming in there as their first gig. Tuvi, yeah, didn't really set the world on fire. I know, he, I know, he made a grand final, but I'm not in love with him. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not in the end. I'm not in love with Henry either. Like I'm just not in love with the club at the moment, the direction. But yeah, you got one issue, and again, not bumping in because I'm Melbourne. I'm a little man, bit disorientated. Contract, moment. contract wise, he's still got a year to run, and I just don't see him ditching Smith and anyone else. He's I got wouldn't think so either. Back. But what I'm saying the is, they need contract, to make a play at the end of the contract. Maybe at the end of next year, they could maybe sway him to do something. Mate, give give the interim coaches a year and say Bellamy's coming in the year after. I'd be happy with that's that. That's what I mean. I wouldn't get give anyone. us some hope. Don't grab somebody now and go stupid and give no. them a three-year deal. Or That's whatever. what they'll do, but you watch. They'll give uh, Kevin Walters a two- or three-year deal. Next year, the, the whole story around it and his family being up there in a rebuild, the big thing is, is he up for a rebuild? Come on, Bell. Come on, Bellamy. He's said many times after everything there, and he almost quit a couple of years ago after the toll of a few things, that he wants to retire and go hang out with his family. Come on, Bellamy. Coach New Come South Wales. Come to daddy. Save New <laughs> South Wales. That's what I want. We're horrible. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's apparently doing all right. Mate, he's, I, don't have, I don't have Sheens over, over any of those candidates. 100%, but I think, again, he's collecting retirement cash and just kicking back. He's loving life. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. All righty. That's it, lads. Well, if that's everything, mate, on to the tips. And obviously, difficult when we do Mondays because we have no idea about lineups. Uh, and in particular, for that Tigers game with the Cowboys, I don't know who the bloody hell is going to be playing for the Cowboys. They might give me a call this week. I might have to find a manager <laughs> and see if I can get a run box hit. Mm. But you reckon you want to go play? Sure don't. Want to blow your shoulder out and I'll blow a knee? No, I wouldn't blow my shoulder out because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in there making any tackles. Mate, I'd take the run off the kickoff, do a double day ACL and just be like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, no. Get me off. <laughs> uh, but tips last week, we both got six, you got five, Goss, but it doesn't really change a whole lot because you already had a massive it lead. It does because we got one back on him. Yeah, but you dropped one last week. Uh, you dropped two last week. I so. don't care, mate. What we're looking at right now is Box is on 106, I'm on 108, and Gauss here on 113. So we're nicely spaced out. But yeah, we, need, we need something dramatic these last two still rounds. Still a long way so. to go. Here you go, Brock. Now's the time to just start throwing some random ones out no. there. But uh, this week, as always, the tips and the odds, they are brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure... You do it with William Hill. Those Mayweather things we talked about earlier, it's not even got anything to do with football, but seriously, there's some good stuff there if you're interested in that. But 
First one we've got. With Who the Matt. fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> uh, we've got Broncos Eels, and Manu Ma'u has been suspended. Bevan French not playing, and I'm sure the Broncos are pissed about last time. So to me, it's Broncos pretty easily. Eels. Well. Wow. Yeah. They, they demolished the Broncos. That's very confident. Yeah. What what uh, what reason do I have to think that there won't be any different? Manu Ma'u being suspended, Bevan French Manu not Manu. playing, and no Gutherson. I don't care. All right, mate. Good times. All right, guys. Yeah, I'm, going, I'm going to the wrong guys. Uh, I like Ben Hunt at Hooker. Uh, you are. Terrific, man. You're a Queensland lover. <laughs> You're a Queensland lover. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the odds on this one with William Hill, they're juicy for Bronco. Parramatta are three seventy, a dollar twenty eight for the Broncos. Minus ten is the line. One to twelve Broncos, two ninety five dollars for Para. Thirteen plus for the Broncos, two fifteen ten dollars. Para. Second game is the Raiders. Their season basically done, but I'm sure they'll turn up. Or you'd think they would for their home fans. Newcastle, uh, they've been great, but they've lost Brock Land. They've lost Luke Yates. I wouldn't play Ross again. I was talking about that last bit. That's stupid. The you want to play round twenty six? Don't do it. Let him play. No, not with a back Let the Ross dog play. Tipping the Raiders. This one's simple for me. They're just troops are hurting Newcastle. I'm sure they'll give a good count of themselves again, but I'll go the Raiders. I'll go Raiders, but I bet you Newcastle win. It's going to shit. Mate, me. you might as well just have a stab. No. Uh, look, I, I've got to go the Raiders too, boys, but. Yeah, the Knights just missing too many troops. If they, if they had Ross and the Lee Lamb in as well, I'd, I'd give them a real shake. But uh, one or two ways, Canberra yeah. will absolutely lap them, or it'd be a fight again. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Well, last year they beat them both times know, by that's what I'm a saying. field goal, yeah. and then they've lost to them this they year. They have, I know. Yeah, I know, mate. This is a big ask, given the troops. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I've done my uh, research. The odds for this one with WilliamHill.com, $1.17 for the Raiders, $5 for the Knights, 14 and a half start is what you get. So I'll take that. If you think that's good, you jump on board. Yeah, there you go. So chuck that one, you skyrocket and have a multi. 1 to 12, the Raiders, three twenty-five, six fifty for the Knights, 13 plus, Raiders, $1.72, $15 for the Knights. This one is the difficult one to tip without lineups. Easy uh, one to tip. Tigers, Cowboys. Uh, looking at the Tigers side of things, they've given a real good account of themselves the last couple of weeks. I don't think anyone got hurt for them on the weekend, but on North Queensland side of things, Asiata apparently broke his arm. They don't know if Pong is going to play. Coop missed the weekend. Morgan had his second head knock. Tamalolo took a shot and went off, and I think Felt had a leg problem. So uh, given the health of the Tigers and the fact that Campbelltown, even though it's not probably as much as a sacred home to them, as it is at uh, Leichhardt. I'm going to tip the Tigers. Tigers, easy. Yeah, uh, Tigers as well. They're, I can't really say they're in form, but I guess you can say they're playing better than the Cowboys at the moment. But, um, yeah, go to the Tigers in front of about 23 people. Yeah, <laughs> that's it out of Campbelltown. But with William Hill, they've got this as a pick and game. Uh, again, I think they're probably playing safe because they don't know the lineups yet. So a ninety a piece for these two teams. Uh, minus one and a half is the line. One to twelve, both teams three twenty. Thirteen plus, both teams four twenty-five. Boxhead, your Titans this week will they give a decent account of themselves or will they get beaten again? Well, apparently Henry's the problem. So you fired the coach. I don't know if Haynes is going to be back. We don't know uh, if it was only a one-week injury. I of still course, don't... it was. He didn't. A, you didn't want to play against Para, and B, he didn't want to. You didn't, didn't want to front up. Well, even that game of the shits, to be honest, when we go back to day one, the problem, and again, why they shouldn't have signed him, all he did was talk about the parody didn't want him. Yeah. So, the board, give yourselves a triple up there on the Gold Coast. I'm tipping the dogs. I'm going to tip the Titans. Just because I can. Wow. Goss, what do you reckon, Sharp? <laughs> well, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, when, when a coach is sick, they usually come out and win that the next week, but, and, and you can't get a hold on the, on the Bulldogs either. They'd look to have that win against Manly, but Manly is a shithouse, so... 
Fair enough. We'll see what happens there. Yesterday, I think the odds opened at something ridiculous, but after that, when they shrunk fairly quickly, but Titans should be a dollar ten, mate. Well, let's see. William Hill. <laughs> William Hill has the Titans at a dollar sixty before we get the lineups here, and the Dogs are at two thirty-five minus four is the line. One to talk three dollars. Titans three sixty. Dogs thirteen plus. Titans three ten. Six dollars. Dogs. The Melbourne Storm against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I don't know if Cronk's back, and I don't care. Uh, Johnston, whether he plays or not, whether yeah, Burgess... He, he's not playing. Johnston, he's gone for the year, uh, sure. I think so. Burgess, again... Snapped his hammy, mate. I don't even know why they've been playing him. He's on a million bucks, or 900,000, whatever, and you've been pushing him. And even Crichton, they said last week he needs hip surgery, mm-hmm. hand surgery, and he's got two other problems now. Just stop. Yeah. The season's stop over. It. Get the surgery done, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care who Melbourne's naming, even if they put Smith, Croft, Jack Hughes in. I'm tipping Melbourne. Storm. <laughs> Yeah, pretty easy one, Storm. Yeah, or with William Hill, $1.20. Are the Storm 460 South minus 12.5 is the line. 1 to 12, Storm 310, 550 South. 13 plus, Storm $190, $13 South. Hopefully, what will be a good game that two teams that have been patchy the last few weeks? Sharkies, Roosters. Uh, on this side of things, the Sharks on the weekend looked good for about a half a footy, then went back to their old ways, just stupid penalties and making errors. The Roosters, dead set. They just go in and out of games like no tomorrow. Uh, I see this one more as a vengeance game, though, so I'm going to tip the Roosters. They should be filthy about the way they played against the Sharks last time. In the last few weeks, they've been poor. Roosters. Well, I'm going to go to the Sharks, boys. I don't know why. I just... Yeah, I think they'll do them. Yeah, like I, you said, both sides are very clunky at the moment, so... Yeah, I, I could find a reason either way to have a bet, but... Uh, yeah. More looking at the game where they got lapped by 40 in the patchy form. I think Robinson, two games to go. Now's the time to put in a really good showing. And, uh, yeah, just teams don't forget about these kind of things. When a side embarrasses you like they were that day, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give a bit of weight to the Roosters. But this is a close one with William Hill. It started at a pick em. Now it's out $1.80 for Cronulla. They're the favourites because they're at home. The Roosters, $2. Minus 1.5 is the line. 1-12 to 12, Sharks, $3. 3.20 the Roosters. 13-plus Sharks, $4. $5 the Roosters. The Warriors back at home against Manly, who the wheels have completely fallen off. Poor Daly, he won't have the flu this week, hopefully, so he should be good to go. Uh, the Warriors, they reckon Foran's now got a back problem, so he probably won't play, um, uh, even though they're at home. I just can't tip them. I don't care how bad Manly's been playing. I can't tip the Warriors. You're back teams that need to win, and Manly need to win. 100%. So Manly. Yeah, I'm going to go Manly as well, but Jesus. I don't think I'll be watching this one. Hopefully they'll pull their shit commentators on like Blocker Roach and Gaznier and all those wombats. Uh, I've said it so many, <laughs> I've said it every week and it just kills me. I wish, <laughs> wombats. I wish That's <laughs> I really wish Simon Mannering would have went to another club. Um, I feel like he's one of these guys that could have won a premiership or had a real a positive effect somewhere else, but you constantly see his outstanding effort and I was there again on the weekend just in a shit side that doesn't care. Yeah. Um feel bad for people like that, but unfortunately that's the reality. And with William Hill there, two dollars ninety five the Warriors, a dollar forty for Manly. I think that's pretty short given the circumstance of the way they've been playing, but minus seven and a half is a line. One to twelve Manly, three ten, four twenty five Warriors, thirteen plus Manly, two forty, eight dollars the Warriors. In the last game of the round one that I'm hopefully going to get to after the college ball uh, and watching the Mayweather-McGregor fight while I'm at that game. Penrith Dragons, 4 o'clock. Sunday Arvo in the sun in Penrith. Uh, I think they've both got something to play for. The Dragons more so. Their season's on the line. They have to win. But after what I saw last week, uh, just more the attacking side of things. I think their forward pack will do a job again. But they just can't finish things off. So I'll back Penrith at home. 
Ah, uh, dragons. I'm going to back them. I think they must win. Oh, so, I hope you're right. Well, it's just yeah, well, that's that's the only thing I'm going off. They, I think they need to win more than Penrith. Yeah, well, I, like I said last week, I thought they had a red up crack, but just yeah, mm. the set ends and inside twenty, they look lost. Okay, really I think Penrith are better side. Yeah. And I'll need to make up some points in the tipping, so... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Kiss my ass to both of you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to go to the Panthers, boys. Don't forget, they got smashed in round one, the Panthers, boys. Well, don't forget that game. They'll want some revenge at home. I'm going to go to the Penny Panthers, especially if they keep those completion rates up. That were good. And it's nice to see Wonga Blake holding to the pill when he holds him to the pill. Jeez, uh, he's playing well. He, I never he, thought I'd say that on this podcast, I'll tell you that. He's a goose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, there's some porters out there for him, don't worry. We have uh, yeah. some people that are up and down on Wonga Blake. But the odds for this one with WilliamHill.com, good odds for Boxhead if he likes the Dragons. Two seventy five, a dollar forty five for the Panthers at home. Minus six and a half is the line. One to twelve Panthers, three dollars, four dollars Dragons. Thirteen plus for the Panthers is two seventy seven dollars for the Dragons. So Going through these, not a whole lot different, but Brox, you've hung them out there on the Eels. You go on the Titans solo, and you've gone the Dragon solo. Well, so you, the Gossip's gone the Sharks. Gossip's solo. only gone the Sharks. So I've basically got either going to gain a lot on you or lose one or two, and I can only lose one to Gossip. So hopefully we get a bit of movement this week. Oh, it's move, flat movement's out. always good. Movement's always good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the right kind of movement. It's Walk always straight out of that one. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, the Titans give a better account for you this week. Boxhead. Yeah, see how the Penny Panthers go. End it for me now. <laughs> End it for me. Take me now. I've yeah. seen everything. I Gossip. saw enough about eight weeks ago, mate. Yeah, I know. Poor you. Gossip. Enjoy your week, champion. Thanks as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Fantastic, boys. See you next week. See you, buddy. See you later, champion. Jesus. Oh, and that one brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, everybody out there, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. All the best uh, odds for the NRL and a heap of other sports. Uh, mate, charity bet, what do you reckon? Uh, roosters. You like the Roosters at $2? Maybe 1 to 12. I like the dogs against you guys. I know you think they're going to win. Uh, I know it's hard to have faith in it, but... Tigers. I'd go Tigers into Roosters as a multi. There's my multi. Well, if you go Tigers into the Roosters and add those two together, there's something else I've already got in here from last Look week. Look at you. You're a gambling fiend, mate. I'm not a gambling fiend, mate. Maybe you're walking away from the mic. It's only 380. We need a big only? We need a big win. We're battling. No, we don't. That'll do. What if I chuck the dogs in and get greedy? No. Whew, nine bucks. Oh, well, I'll do it. If you want to do it, do it. No, nah, Summer, you're betting this week because I've been in absolute piss poor form. But You there, suck, you jackass. Big thanks to WilliamHill.com, as always, and for helping us out with our charity account. We're letting the charity down there with our piss poor betting. Uh, we're going to give one last chance here to see if we have a passenger of the week before we leave. I've got to have a look at it here. Don't let us down, Maddie. Oh, no. There's a couple of notifications with the questions. What do we got here? Oh. Most recent questions. Still not there. Oh, no. Maddie, you've missed the boat, son. No way, but we've got two more. I'll quickly finish those off as Box has departed already. Andrew Wells, Titans coach sacked. What a joke. So glad to see an improvement from the Sharks. Next week versus Roosters will be a tougher test. 100% with that, mate. And the Titans thing, I think we've covered that pretty well. And Sean Field, what changes should Canberra make for next year, if any? Well, obviously, they spent most of their salary cap. They don't have a lot of room 
to make any changes. If anything, they've secured things long-term, so they're going to have to be happy with what they've got, but they definitely need an improvement in their halves and their forward pack to go back to being a little more consistent because this year they struggled. And Last question on uh, Twitter. Mitch from the Bulldogs here, or Mitch Bulldogs says, just me or do the dogs look like they said fuck it and played away from the game plan this week? Man, they were poor, but they've never looked so free. Mate, they did play a little bit different this week. Hopefully we see it for the last few weeks of the competition because the dogs have been quite poor all year. But that wraps us up for another week here on the fifth and last NRL podcast. Thank you for all your questions. Any feedback uh, is always appreciated. And if this one comes out and you've missed the questions, always feel free to inbox us. Me and Brock are happy to answer at any time. Everybody out there, I plead with you, if you listen to this on iTunes or if you've got an iTunes account, it only takes two seconds. Please rate and review the show. It helps us greatly. Fifth and last NRL podcast on iTunes. Please rate and review the show. Big thank you to Richmond Residential again for helping out our charity, the Great Walk Foundation. You can check them out on their website. And a big thank you as always to our big sponsor, WilliamHill.com. They support the show and they also support our charity as well. Everybody, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.